And now, I am proud to present the owner and founder of Planet Express, Professor Hubert G. Bondsworth. You're all fired. Quick, <gasps> Bongo of the Congo. In fact, you were fired two years ago. That's when we were shut down by the delivery network. Yes, I'm afraid the brainless drones who run the network canceled our license. We were canceled? Oh, it's terrible. Just terrible. Well, clear out your desks and move along. Chop, chop. Yes? I see. Good news, everyone. Those asinine morons who canceled us were themselves fired for incompetence. And not just fired, but beaten up, too. And pretty badly. In fact, most of them died from their injuries. <laughs> and then they were ground up into a fine pink powder. Why? Oh, it's got a million and one uses. So what does this mean for us and our many fans? It means we're back on the air. Yes, flying on the air in our mighty spaceship. You're the greatest, Bender. That's from Bender's Big Score. Available now on DVD. Uh, that's the first of four uh, direct-to-DVD Futurama films. So go out and pick it up today, won't you? Show your support the American way. In three minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and this the month of December, the year of our Lord, 2007, thank you for coming along, making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed, yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970, Solid State Radio, the home of whimsy. Uh, thank you for being there. It's uh, 503-733-2970. For your comments, your questions, your clarifications, your corrections, your corrections, your two cents, your anything. Uh, your advice on how to get uh, tomato stains out of uh, white laundry. 503-733-2970. Uh, Richie Bristol. We're sort of... Richie's got a whole weird kind of thing going on with his wardrobe today. Yeah. I do believe he is wearing what people of my generation used to refer to as a do-rag. I don't really know if that's what people call it today, or if it's just back to being a bandana, or a scarf, or a, a head thing. I think it's he the looks way like it's a kind of pilot. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he, I just, I'm stamping around sort of, not angrily today, but he was... I don't know. He was, I'm not saying he's hung over, but he just had that kind of bearing this morning. You're a little afraid of Richie today? No, I'm not, not that. I'm just saying he just sort of had that. Uh, how do I put this? He just looked a little uh, looked a little fuzzy around the edges. You know what I mean? Sort of like, sort of like it's like he was being drawn in squiggle vision today. Just kind of a hi, Richie. I'm not saying he's sleeping it off still, or you're trying to abate the effects of alcohol abuse. That I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying. Anyway, he's uh, standing by. Re- he, there's nothing he'd like more than to talk to you right now. So he's standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the woot-oriented. It is uh, 503-733-2970. 503 
733-2970. You can also email it if you like. It's uh, rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. Good news, everyone. Today we have uh, CNN radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Uh, returning to the program. I think, is there a... I know I sound foolish because I have to know this. Is there a debate of some kind tonight? Am I, re- I think there's a Republican debate tonight, and then I think the Democratic debate is tomorrow. <laughs> Possible. That's exactly the kind of plugged-in, boots-on-the-ground journalism you can expect here at CBS Radio. Uh, well, we're all just sort of on strike in our minds. Uh, in any event, I think there's a debate. You know, Lisa will know. She knows all. Uh, so Lisa Desjardins today, uh, Steve Kastenbaum joining us today from New York City. Uh, we'll also talk to Rachel McGrath in Los Angeles, which is a great chance for me to roll up my new Rachel McGrath theme song. Yeah, that's going to go over well. It is going to go over well. And you know what? If it doesn't, that's just hard cheese, as they used to say. Uh, she'll be talking about Alex Trebek. You know the joke I didn't make yesterday? I was too busy doing the, what is a bout of acute angina? Uh, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't even get to the whole. Alex Trebek is in jeopardy. Seems <laughs> <laughs> a delayed reaction. You didn't even get that right away. And that it was sort of you know. Bam! He's not dead. Well, that we know of. Are you? Well, I suppose that's true for anything though. Richie's not a hermaphrodite that we know of. We won't know that Dick Clark's still alive until they roll him out at New Year's Rockin' Eve. And even then, really. the Now, let me ask you this, just so I can get a sense of your comedic sensibilities. Would it be less horrible if he were actually dead and I was making the joke? Like, if Alec Trebek had died from his heart attack and I'd gone, well, he was in jeopardy, would, would you have been like, well, all right. Yes. So I it's, think the, it's fact the impending that death that makes it a little a bit more horrible. I didn't think he was 67. I really didn't think he was that old. Well, yeah, he's been around forever. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, anyway, so he might or might not be dead. Well, Rachel, tell us about it. Uh, yeah, so we, we have a... We finally introduced a theme music for her, which is just... Let me just play just a little bit of... Uh, we've got the... I think it's good. I think it'll work. You know what? So I'm just saying, if she doesn't like it, then it's uh, you know not for lack of trying on our part. Because we really put our heads together to come up with that. Uh, like I'm all preemptively angry at her for not liking In your face, Rachel McGrath. Uh, let's see. Top five today. Um, yeah, Mr. Skin will join us. We've got a Britney watch. Actually, I think it's a triple Britney watch. I think it's actually three different Britney stories. So, um, triple Britney watch coming up today. Uh, Taser watch. Tanya watch. Uh, and a uh, geek watch. That's all on the way. Plus, uh, we'll, uh, we have the story about the 25 worst television shows ever made. It, it's really not all that good. I don't know. We'll do. We, we'll either do that or not later. I'm. I'm really unclear. Uh, and then uh, a big pile of crap. Plus, um, I have the best thing that Sarah has said all week. Right here. Right here. Written Did I say down. It today? No, you said it yesterday to Joni. Oh, that's not fair. She gave me permission to say it. What, did I say it? Yes. Then you need my permission. <laughs> it's the best quote ever. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? Do you know the phrase? I'll tell you what. We'll have Tim uh, tell I mean, us what he's I, talking about. I mess about. with Joni a lot when I hang out with her. So I'll just say things to throw it's her It's all said and fun. We all, we're all brothers under the skin, Sarah. Oh, the thing about Joni? Yes. It's hilarious. And she thought so, too. You ponder it. Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification on this very fun Wednesday. It's Portland's newest growing crime, bike muggings. They're happening with alarming frequency. Highway 30 near Klatskanai is mud soup. It may stay closed for a while following yesterday's slide that gobbled up homes. 
Scooter Libby is not among the 29 criminals pardoned by the president. A Texas woman claims she was drugged and raped while working for Halliburton in Iraq. A Kaiser drug addict is sentenced for abuse of a corpse, and Paris Hilton oh. changes her light bulb. Wait, so is that a corpse watch? Her light bulbs or her light bulbs? No, her light bulbs. Not her headlights. No, her light bulbs. Okay, just checking. All right. Uh, Imagine being that rich that you can put out a statement like that and have it read by somebody else. <laughs> okay. Come take a note. Uh, yeah, let's see. What do, we, uh, what do we? What do we? What do we have here? Oh, somebody was sending me something about the top of the show, but yeah, I'm not going to worry about it right now. All right. Um, okay. I just couldn't even keep. It. It's like every time you would read a tease, I wanted to talk about it, but you were already onto something else. By the way, so Paris Hilton. What was the thing you mentioned right before Paris Hilton? Have you already thrown it away? What was the thing right before Paris Hilton? A Kaiser drug addict is sentenced for abuse of a corpse. Yeah. All right. So there you go. And that was Kaiser, you say? Kaiser? Kaiser. <laughs> okay. I was, that's not even really the direction I was going. There's that. I saw on the front of the Oregonian today a big picture of the, the mud, uh, you know, the, the doom in the... Uh, soup. Jesus, it's terrible. Yeah. I mean, I know that goes without saying, but we were talking about it all day yesterday, but through the... The magic of radio, I was unable to get a, like a visual fix on it. It's awful. I mean, that whole place is just, it's just, it really is. It's like you just poured chocolate and pretzels over that entire place. So, um, yeah, so that sucks. <coughs> Let's see. Well, there you go. So uh, we'll get to some other stuff here in a second. This is the best quote, though. This is Sarah's quote yesterday. Uh, because Sarah, when she is not here, uh, it does uh, some other things. Can we say what it is? Yeah. Doing some modeling uh, with uh, Joni DeRoshi. Uh, who works at the uh, Baby Girl Boutique and they do some crap there and did whatever. Anyway, Are so they like twin models. Um, You're modeling I don't together? believe that they're. No, I took pictures of Joni yesterday, but she just wanted. Um, no, but she she takes pictures. Joni is typically the photographer. Yeah. And then Sarah. She's like the one man. Well, it's her and Tatiana, and Joni does like seven thousand jobs. They both do, but I mean. Man. The photographs are actually really great. So. Oh, I haven't it, seen any of them yet. No, they, well, I'm just saying in general. But she did take. I saw just just the, the couple of like, the headshot things she did yesterday. But this is but this is the best moment from yesterday. So this exchange happened apparently between and I and Joni and Sarah have both given me permission to relay this on the air. I was pictures of Joni during this. So you were so, so apparently yesterday Joni is uh, trying on some clothes or she's doing whatever and Sarah is taking some pictures of our good friend Joni DeRoshi. And Joni, like uh, many people, not always women, but sometimes women, Joni is, uh, was apparently a, a little self-conscious about her appearance, and is that whole, like, I don't look, nothing looks good on me, everything looks terrible, I'm pasty, I need to lose weight, I'm not tall enough, these clothes That's are That's exactly what she was, too, I and I just finally wanted her to stop. I know, and so Joni apparently, this she is the... to lose weight? This, no, but you know, I'm just saying, you know how people are when they're trying on clothing. Just, they, 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 well, we had that discussion the other day, when you go into a dressing room, especially, and they've got that beveled three-angle mirror like to show you exactly how huge your oh, ass has become. What not to wear. Yeah, <laughs> and every time I try on clothing, it is my own personal episode of what not to wear. What not to wear? Anything. Uh, and so this exchange happened yesterday, and it was so great that I actually wrote it down. Joni, in desperation last night, apparently while trying on clothing, said out loud, sort of rhetorically, Why did God make me so ugly? To which Sarah immediately responded, because he wanted you to be talented. Which is the best exchange that has ever happened anywhere, ever. Ever! That's the nicest thing that's ever been said. <laughs> that is so great. 
I immediately like whipped out a pen and wrote it down. On and on, just like when I smile, my upper lip goes away. What's wrong with my hair? How come I ran out of conditioner? My eyes are really squinty. I'm like, oh my god, Joni. No, she's a little mental. I mean that in the best possible way. Uh, no, you know I love that girl, uh, and she is very talented and crazy. And uh, so, it, by the way, so speaking of Joni, so this whole thing happened last night. We were there uh, working on uh, the, uh, the Christmas play, which is going to be performed a week from this Friday. That'll be next Friday, the twenty-first. Uh, our big uh, holiday extravaganza will be happening. Uh, and she told me a little bit about it. It's genius. It is. It's pretty great, actually. Hopefully, uh, all things being equal, we will have finished, finalized copies of the script for everybody involved. Uh, hopefully by tonight. Uh, certainly within the next day. I mean, we got. I mean, as of last night, it's like ninety percent done. It's just a little few things got to be tweaked, and we got to nail down a couple uh, a couple particulars. Uh, but it's uh, Todd the corpse, um, and then uh, Joni and uh, myself have all kind of written it, and then it'll be performed next Friday, not this coming. Friday, uh, a week from Friday, right here in the studio as part of the Rick Emerson Holiday Spectacular. Yes, Tim? Oh, nothing. I, I, I just found humor turned at those remarks. No, it's hilarious. It's, it's, that, why did God make me so ugly? Because he wanted you to be talented. It's funny because it's mean. I didn't mean it to be mean. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. You didn't say it to me. I don't care. I mean, and she found it funny, too, to be... Yeah, this is just we're so all you know. finding it funny. No, we're all finding it hilarious. Yes, we are. We're all finding humor in Joni's various quirks. I just meant to say that she's so lucky to be so talented. <laughs> While not actually challenging her claim that she is, in fact, ugly. <laughs> that, I think, is really there the were selling like 15 point. 15 minutes before that, I'm like, no, Joni. Look. And I put on some makeup, and she was... I told her to do her makeup and her hair, and I was done complimenting her. Let me just, let me her. just tack this up in the studio <laughs> on the wall so we can see it. Everyone reaches a point where they can't tell somebody that their thighs aren't oh, fat anymore, oh, you know? Trust me, trust me. And I know that this makes uh, Joni and I sound like an old married couple or whatever, but really, I know, not better than anybody, but, but better than a lot of people, I totally know. I have been lost in the funhouse maze of Joni's head, and the whole, nothing looks good. No, she works herself up, and there's no, like, finally, there was, I couldn't argue with her anymore. No, well, that's like me when I've written something, or either we would do something for, you know, whatever, whatever, one of our movies or whatever, and I would just be convinced it was crap. She's like, no, it's funny. I'm like, it's stupid. I'm going to go home and erase it and rewrite it from scratch at three in the morning. So everybody has their own, uh, everybody's mental in some way or another. Just you and Joni more so than other people. Yeah, that really is true. Uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, so the radio play happens a week from this Friday. We have a title, but I don't think I'm going to reveal the title. Uh, I ran it by Susan Reynolds the other day, and I, said, I think that I'm going to wait. Um, it may turn up in some of the local press. I think there's a press release going out about it. So if the title, it's not like it's the crown jewels regarding, but I... I, I don't think it actually, the more I was thinking about it, I don't think it really gives away anything. The title? Yeah. Well, maybe. Maybe we'll give away the title today, then. Maybe we'll announce the title. Um, well, because if you know it's going to be out there. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to put out a press release. Just because, you know, the, the live radio play is kind of cool. That nobody really does that. In fact, I mean, I'm not saying nobody does it, but I... I can't really think of the last time I turned on the radio and heard a live radio uh, drama or production of any kind happening. So anyway, so that'll be uh, so there you go. Maybe we've got a future as scriptwriters if the uh, the strike continues. Uh, so that'll be a week from this Friday. Uh, we'll also have some live uh, in studio Christmas music happening. Dave Lee, the former Nordstrom pianist, is going to be back with us. It's going to be a big thing. So that'll be next Friday uh, with a cast of thousands and many surprises. So. Um, be listening for that. Uh, let's see. Today we have, uh, we'll do some of those uh, motorcycle ice racing tickets. Also this. Let's see. Did you see who wants to be stripping naked for Hollywood? No. What actress has announced that she's ready to go full frontal? 
Scarlett Johansson. No, but see, why can't it be her? Why can't it be somebody that I really care about at this point? And that somebody that I don't just care about out of morbid curiosity? Uh, no, it's Jessica Simpson. Like, about three years past the point of people caring. Jessica Simpson is apparently ready to strip naked in a Hollywood film, says uh, Arizona Central. Oh, God. The blonde beauty... Listen to this. This is exactly... And Tim will especially know this. This is how this works in Hollywood. The blonde beauty wants to be taken seriously as an actress and believes that going nude is, and I'm quoting now, the best way to earn the respect Get of the right. film industry, even if it goes against her family wishes. <laughs> a source said Jessica's in the running for a role that if she gets it will put her right on the map in terms of acting. The only hitch is that the script requires a number of quite graphic scenes, including full frontal nudity. Jessica believes this will bring her the respect of the industry. Um, earlier this year, her nutcase father, Joe Simpson, forced her to turn down a potentially Oscar-winning role as a porn star, insisting that she keep her clothes on. Uh, anyway, so there you go. And apparently she's got some other movie called Blonde Ambition, which they're not even releasing. I guess she's got some other movie in the can. Remember for like, I don't know, there was like about three months where people really cared about her? And she's got some uh, film that's done in the can, they're not even going to release it. I got something extra special for you. Yeah, really? From you, the days of live radio. Bigger than a bread box? Mm -hmm. Okay. Is my pot up? Yes, I go? believe it is. Not it. Get regular with Relax. Excellent, thank you. Start every day the Relax way. Your system will feel so great. You'll want to relax on, on the top, top of the Empire, Empire State. Get regular with Relax. Start every day the Relax way. When your tummy's not so hot. feeling it has no inner life we, we need the name of the product to be enunciated a little more clearly please i'll deal with the performance and let's cut the phrase x marks the spot because people will be reminded of x lab you're being too touchy why take the chance let's run it again sally excellent there you go that's from radio days by the way that is uh the one and only mia farrow i think i'm going to post that one God, what a great movie that is I uh, and I don't want to get one of the greatest movies ever. It really is. I had uh, and this is the, and then we we'll actually break here in a second. So for once we're not so goddamn behind. I'm gonna post this right. Now. Um, we were having at Prime's birthday on Saturday. We were having this discussion about about movies and films. And Fat Boy and Aaron, who really do reveal themselves more and more to just be the same person, both reveal that they quote don't like Woody Allen films. And it's just one of those things that and with those with those guys, it's not even like that. I get angry about it. It, because it's not like they're just some nitwit from a flyover state going, I don't like that Woody Allen, that guy, the uh, what with the spectacles and the big words and so forth. It, it, it surprises me because they're such, they're such uh, you know, the movie guys. They're so into good films. And so the fact that they would say they didn't like Woody Allen, and so the, Aaron has asked me to put together my top five Woody Allen films that he ought to see, and that one's going to be on the list, Radio Days. It's a fantastic film. So anybody who sort of hankers for the Radio Days of yore, uh, really ought to go watch Radio Days. It's, it's the thing about Woody Allen, and this is going to be my own my, my final observation. The thing about Woody Allen is, he, is that everybody like thinks his movies are way less accessible and more pretentious than they really are. 
I mean, he makes these movies that are just these big wedges of entertainment, uh, like Purple Rose of Cairo comes to mind, uh, which is just, just a fantastic film. Or Everybody Says I Love You. Uh, Everyone Says I Love You, which is a great movie. Yeah, just avoid Stardust Memories. That's really that's really the only thing you need to do. Don't forget Zelig. And Zelig. Yeah. Zelig is a great film, too. So Deconstructing Harry, one of my all-time favorite films. That and Crimes and Misdemeanors, uh, which is really, probably, in my opinion, that's the best Woody Allen film ever. All right, um... I was going to read one other thing here, but I don't know that I have time to do it. Where the hell did I, uh, where the hell did I put all my crap? The statement that is. Uh, yeah, I got nothing except to say this, and then we'll break. I realized this morning that beyond its use on top of deviled eggs as a garnish, I don't know what paprika is used for. Quick, can anybody give me anything else that requires paprika? Uh, is it eggs for Easter? Potato oh, salad. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. So oh, it, it, so. so it is a garnish on dishes containing eggs or egg-like ingredients. Because I started, I was having this discussion with Dave Zinn about paprika this morning, and I don't even know how that came about. So don't ask, because I have no, I can't even remember the underpinnings of the whole conversation, except to say that by the end of the conversation, we were convinced that paprika was a spice that had been discovered, like harvested, dried, ground, you know, and then marketed solely for its use on, on deviled eggs, which is sort of weird when you think about it. Which then led to this entire discussion about paprika and what color it is, which then in turn Isn't led... like a burnt orange? See, it's funny how everybody went right to burnt because, and I wrote this down, that then led to Dave Zinn announcing that, quote, his next car was going to be burnt sienna, which then in turn it cascaded into this whole discussion of colors that are only in existence in Crayola uh, crayon boxes. What? <laughs> Whitey. Oppressor. What color is this? Uh, this, is the, uh, this is the man. Uh, I am old enough to remember that actual, quote, flesh-colored crayon, uh, which is sort of this weird, like, pinkish kind of taupe color. And then burnt umber. The, and, and just like the name burnt umber always was really off-putting to me for some reason. And I believe indigo. I believe indigo was only found in the 64 uh, pack, which I was never allowed to buy, and which I coveted because it had the little crayon sharpener in the mm-hmm. back. Oh, I loved that. And there was always some dick. It was, it was built into the side of the yeah, box? No, yeah, oh. and, there was, and there was always some ass, some dick uh, next to you that had the crayon thing with the, the, the crayon sharpener, and I was always angry about it. All right, uh, let's do this call, then we'll break. Hi, Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, uh, worst call you've had all day, all week, all year. Um... Yeah, as far as... Uh, Are you saying this about yourself preemptively? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, uh, about uh, your... Um, it's the stain that you were talking about, tomato stain on your shirt. Yeah. Eh, I hate to show for a company, but um, OxyClean really does get that kind of stuff out. Okay. OxyClean is genius. Yeah, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I thought it was... Now, I... It, I spilled... I was wearing a beige skirt once, and I spilled an entire, like, glass of red wine on the skirt and I soaked it in OxyClean overnight and it was completely gone. I just don't trust anything that they advertise late night on television it via works. 1-800 number, and but it really works. You. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. A duly noted, sir. Thank you. Have a good day. Maybe I'll use it on the couch in my living room that I can't seem to get rid of. All right. Um, it's 503. I thought you sold that to uh, somebody. Yeah, so did I. I. Well, I might as well just tell this really quickly. Yes, I thought that I had sold that couch too. So we had, and if you'd gone to the webpage, I think it's actually off the webpage now, but uh, my wife purchased this massive couch thinking that it would fit in our basement. It doesn't even fit down the stairs. It's never going to get into the basement, so it's just been sitting in our... Jesus, it's what... I I say now, realizing it's been like five weeks. It's been sitting in the middle of our living room for five weeks. Scott Daly at one point was offering to pay a not insubstantial amount of money for it. I mean, not we were going to take a little bit of a loss, but that's fine. That's uh, 
That's a punishment for idiocy. So Scott Daly at one point had offered to buy it. But no, this friend of my wife's, uh, it was like, no, no, I'll, I'll buy it. I'll absolutely. And first of all, she offered less than half of what we paid for it. Second, she was going to make us move it. Third, she demanded that we clean it before we then moved it to give it to her for less than half of what we paid. She doesn't sound like a very pleasant woman. No, she really doesn't. And my my wife, though, had sort of given her a verbal agreement and then felt uh, obligated to then reserve the couch. So even then when Scott Daly... <clears throat> When Scott Daly then came back and offered to pay almost what we had paid for it, Lars like, no, 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 because so-and-so already said that she'd buy it, you know, and so I'm obligated to give it to her. And so it's now like two weeks later, and I finally told because we want to get our carpets cleaned. I'm like, I can't get the carpets cleaned. This stupid couch is still... I would estimate at this point in our living room, which is not huge, but which is a decent-sized living room. You've seen it. I would estimate we, I would estimate we have no more than, like, Four square feet of exposed carpet at this point, you because we've got to move it. No, but th- th- there's nowhere to move it to. Oh, there's a, it, it literally there's nowhere in the house to which the couch can be moved, unless I want to put it in the kitchen. I mean, that's it. There's, in the living room, we have our regular couch set, the entertainment center, the coffee table, and now this other behemoth of a couch. It's just sitting there. It won't fit in my office. It won't fit downstairs. It won't fit in the bedroom. It won't fit in the bathroom, certainly. And there's nowhere to put it but the kitchen or the roof. And so I'm like, you know, I can't get the carpets cleaned until the stupid couch is out of here. When is, and I won't use her name because she's testy. Uh, I yeah, it uh, sounds like it. I said, when is your friend coming by to pick up the couch? Oh, I don't know. I'll ask her about that. And so she calls the friend and the friend's like, well, I don't know. Well, let me come over and look at it again. So her friend comes over and looks at it again four days ago. That's now four days, and we've heard nothing. So the couch is just, so I'm going to lay down the law. I hate to do this, especially because I forgot her birthday and all. But really, if the couch is still there by Monday, I'm just going to give it to Scott. So there you go. I'm just going to have, because it's just, it's just sitting there going nowhere. So I've got this living room, and here's the really the really effed part about the entire business of this couch that is in my living room. I, you really ought to come see it at least once before we get rid of it, Sarah, so you can appreciate the inanity of our living room okay, at this point. Okay, okay. So we've got oh, all I'll of go our... Oh, we'll see it tomorrow since you live, um, you know, a little ways away from the Ass Club. Oh, yes, that's, that's true. Uh, Maybe no, you can drop it off there. Yes, yeah, Friday. Uh, we can just give it to we can give it to the Swingers Club. They always need new there sofas. There you go. It is Scotch Garden. Um, so we've got all of this living room furniture and then the coffee table. Uh, leave alone the fact that our existing furniture is not usable because if you sit in our existing furniture, the couch is so big it blocks the view of the television. You can't get anywhere also, from there. It's not even it's not a level thing. It's actually a it's couch. actually yeah, it's a huge couch that is actually taller than our existing couches, which are in back of it. So sitting on the existing furniture is pointless because you can't see the TV and you have to climb over the couch to get anywhere. Scott Daly just sent me an email. I still need a couch with four exclamation points. For the love of God! All right. Offer a price, Scott Daly. The worst part about it, though, is the couch is stuck in our living room, like about two feet in front of the television. And so we've just grown used to now, if we have to watch TV, sitting on this massive couch like 18 inches in front of the TV. So we're slowly going blind. From exposure to the cathode ray of the television. You know, I'm all about being nice to your friends, but the fact is you actually spent a, a really substantial amount of money yeah. on buying a nice couch. I'd say just find somebody to sell it full price to. Yeah. And then clean it. Yeah, so Remember that think. my idea that I had for you before about I having know. someone else sell it for you? I know. No, I, trust me. I, I would have done, If it was solely up to me, I would have done that weeks ago. All right. Uh, we should take a break. Back after this with Lisa Desjardins, Steve Kastenbaum, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth, Top 5 and all that. You stay there through... Why, hello. It's the 
Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970 coming up later on. Steve Kastenbaum, uh, Rachel McGrath, top five uh, drive songs. I guess this is looking online. I think the GOP debate already happened. I don't know when they started having debates at like nine in the morning. All right. Um, well, before we do anything else, I know we're going to talk to Lisa here in just a moment, but let's... Uh, it's called Sex Panther. Oh, Richie. By Odeon. It's quite pungent. We've got to get a picture of him. Richie, you really are. Uh, let's welcome Richie Bristol to the program now. Let's just give a brief description of what Richie is wearing. Uh, athletic shoes of some kind. Sort of it really uh, baggy, I guess is the word for those. What do you What are those? Like, not sweatpants, but what are those? Like, a wor- like gym like pants? Workout pants? Workout pants. Really like you. Pants. You really look like you ought to be hanging out. Uh, yeah, and you're saying that you that you were wearing that little do rag thing because you're cold, but you're wearing like workout pants. You look like you ought to be hanging out in New York, going Benson Hurst, like just like a big greasy pompadour. Um, a, a, a what is your shirt? Is that a WWE shirt? Uh huh. And then you are wearing a do rag. Do rag. What what is the nature of the do rag? Uh, it says bang on it. It's from the snowboard show. Are you dressed entirely in things you've gotten for free? Yes, uh, yeah, I'm a walking billboard. Fantastic. Are those your wrist? And even his little wristbands. His wristbands. Where are your wristbands from? Uh, LittleDeviant.net. Is this from a movie that we were promoting at some point? Yeah. Excellent. I thought it said Little Caesars for a second there. Well, so did you, like, come right for the gym or something? Kind of, yeah. You look like you're about ready to go either, like, get jumped into something or go put a beat down on a guy. As as <laughs> as a Big Jim put it, you look like you are about to go serve someone. Uh, so we have to get a picture of you today. All right, so you just handed me these. So this, I did not know this was coming up so soon. We are just lousy with giveaways. Uh, we are chock full of giveaways. So we just did I Am Legend uh, two nights ago. Uh, we got, uh, I, you know what I saw yesterday? We have In Hand, In House, Kissology Volume 3. We're going to be doing that all next week. Uh, Kissology Volume 3, which is badass. Don't forget, we have the Glorious Bastard of the Year coming up. We're going to be announcing the Glorious Bastard of the Year uh, on New Year's Eve, December 31st. It's a whole big pile of stuff, DVDs, CDs, books, a whole bunch of, I think there's some clothing, furniture from EcoPDX. So if you are not a Glorious Bastard, it you know, doesn't matter, you, even if you sign up, Five minutes beforehand, you're still eligible, but you got to be uh, registered as a glorious bastard to be eligible for that. So that is at 970.am. And now coming up Monday, we are going to be doing uh, the premiere for uh, the new Judd Apatow film, which is <gasps> Walk Hard. Yeah. Look what I've got. Oh, that's cool. Bastard. Did you hear the, um, what they're doing as a promotional campaign for it? Uh, the calendar? No, the guy who actually is, is playing John C. Riley. Yeah. Um, he's going around and he's um, he's performing as the character. Oh, he's really? Doing shows in certain you know in certain places. Of course, not one here. You know, he's John C. Riley's one of those guys that just makes me laugh. Just, I loved him in Never Been Kissed. And, and just looking at him doing anything, it just doesn't matter what it is. Uh, you know, he's in one of my favorite films of all time. He's in Boogie Nights, and just him saying completely innocuous lines, like when he's blending margaritas or whatever with Dirk Diggler, and he's like, "Did you ever see that movie Star Wars?" I mean, it, 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 just the expression on his face. The guy's hilarious. Uh, Becca, who works uh, at KUFO Promotions, she got the uh, the Dewey Cox Walk Hard promotional poster, uh, or not poster, but a calendar. And so it's like 13 months of. It's Dewey Cox, so it's yes, it's a 13 months of Cox calendar, and uh, and it's but it's, uh, but each month is him sort of in the style of a different kind of album cover, uh, and so it's 13 sort of uh, you know sort of pseudo albums that the character put on. This is like one where he's like uh, there's one where he's like a flower power guy, and there's one where he's like a Johnny Cash guy, and there's one where he's like a Hank Jr. guy. So anyway, so we will be doing this Monday. 
Uh, that is this coming Monday, December 17th, 7 p.m. The Lloyd Mall Cinemas uh, will be doing the uh, special advance screening. You are cordially invited, apparently, uh, to the special advance screening of uh, Walk Hard, which is the new uh, when is it? Judd Apatow film, Monday, 7 p.m. We probably should say Same that place. this one's going to be inside, so it's... If you're not going to be in line. How do you mean? Cold. Well, it's inside the Lloyd Mall. Oh, oh this is not the same place. It's yeah. the one inside the mall. Yeah. And I've never been to that theater before. Stop and play some redemption games. I'm going to look at the pregnant teenagers in the food <laughs> court. No, the, the Lloyd Mall really is just that is boy, what a what a what a port of souls the Lloyd Center Mall is. I mean, just really, it's just unbelievably great and terrible. I mean, it. I it, the Lloyd Center Mall is like, it really is like a human ant farm. You know what I mean? But, I mean, but not just ants. Like, if you were to take all kinds of weird species and just stick them all together in one farm and then shake it up a lot and then, you know, hand it a booklet of food stamps, that's what the Lloyd Center Mall. And then, of course, there I am, too. So, I mean, I'm no one to, I'm no one to throw stones. Excellent. So I will hand these back to you, Richie Bristol. And there's other stuff with it. I guess it's good stuff. Fantastic. And then, of course, later on this week, and by later on I mean Friday at 7 p.m., uh, we will be doing the uh, the Sensual Social Club, the Ask Club Tour. Yes, with uh, a couple members. With a cup. <gasps> will they be performing for us? Will the members oh, wow. be performing? I can't believe I didn't think of that. You thought of that before me. Oh my gosh. Are they? Are they? Uh... No, I. Are they going to be walking around naked? I, I picture it as a nudist colony. So you totally took it a different way. Uh, well, I mean, all I see them first. Who, I don't even know what we're talking about. So let's just back up. And by the way, I think Lisa Desjardins is late calling us. Yeah, she's five minutes late. So, which is unfortunate because it's going call... to run up into Steve Kastenbaum. So, um, Did I call Steve I don't even know what we should do here because uh, I was we were going to talk about the thing. Um, well, do me a favor, Richie. Can you go? Can you, can you call CNN? Yes. Um, and see the deal? Because at this point... If Lisa's going to call us, I hate to have to do this kind of stuff on the air, but at this point, if Lisa's going to call us, we'll have to push Steve either to tomorrow or until like 1 o'clock, because I don't want to do it in the news hour. So Yeah, we don't have anyone at 110. So why don't you go uh, do this? See if Steve can go to 110. And, Actually, uh, Steve just instant messaged me. I could ask him. Really? Why don't you do that? Why don't you do that with your lol pal? Hey, Steve. Uh, and, uh, can you find? Can you call CNN? Uh, okay. does he, do you have the number? Uh, I have all kinds of numbers. I'll, I'll make sure. All right. You just, you, all right. We'll find out all right. what's um. Okay. Find Thanks, out what's she, up with the uh, with the uh, with Lisa Desjardins. <laughs> all right. There you go. All right. Are you instant messaging Steve Kastenbaum right Instead now? Instead of coward nerds. Fifty. Are you just going to ask him directly as opposed to going through Sienna? That's probably the best way to do it. Um. In, in any event, so. Uh, I am so excited for the Ask Club. Which is weird because. I know it's a place. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think we're all very excited by it, but it's just strange because Not I know by it, about it about it. Well, I'm just saying I know that for many of us, it's a place that like you would not go as a customer or a patron, but it does have this sort of weird allure. So Richie's contacting CNN, but I guess we're trying to figure out it'll be you, myself, Storm, and then a few other people. And so when Richie is done with this, we'll figure out exactly who is taking us on the tour. I don't know if it's the guy who runs it. If it's like a, like a guy who manages it, or if it's you know, I don't really, I don't know, I don't, I don't exactly know what it is, uh, but we'll, uh, but we'll figure it out. All right, well, we'll wait uh, for just a second uh, on Lisa, and then if uh, if we don't hear from Lisa, you know, we'll probably just break early actually and come back and see I if we can we're get talk her on more the other side. Club. Well, but I'm I'm waiting on Richie though, because and he's on the phone with CNN. Okay. So he kind of is the one that has all the details. So uh, this is actually earlier than we would normally break, but if we don't hear from Lisa in just a second, we might break now, come back and do Lisa on the other side, right into the news hour. 
Um, because I'm, I'm terrified to start something. Like I, I'm holding something in my hand, but I'm terrified to start it because, of course, the minute I do, that's when Lisa will call us. So I'm now going to wait 10 seconds. And if we don't uh, get this locked up in like 10 seconds, we'll just break. So I don't know where my... Uh... There you go. We're going to take a break here. We'll come back, uh, presumably, with Lisa Desjardins at some point. Uh, new news hour coming up here in a, a short while as well. Later on, Rachel McGrath, Steve Kastenbaum, Top 5, and uh, more. You said it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. It's hilarious. So is it a diaper or is it just a strap for his member? It's a diaper. Well, it's like a, a it looks like a cummerbund, but it has like a pouch. So if he uh, relieves himself, what happens? It gets caught in the pouch. Like you line the pouch with, um, like you can use a sanitary so napkin what... or you can use like, you know, like toilet paper. How or... emasculating. <laughs> a, you are, what color is it? It's black with little chili peppers on it. So you are putting a decorated diaper slash penis harness on your dog. No, Muppet, every time every time he goes over to my friend's And it's Dale, filled Lisa, with tampax. <laughs> okay, Lisa has a dog, uh-huh. and for some reason they get into, like, marking wars. And so it's only when Muppet's over at Jay and Lisa's house that uh-huh. he will, like, mark the couch and stuff. So... I wanted to go over and hang out with them last night, but I Muppet's well, been forbidden to go there. Yeah, All so. Right. Well, that's fine. That's why I don't, uh, you know, when we took him to the mall to get his picture. God, we sound like retards. When I took uh, Max to the mall to get his picture taken with Santa, you know, I carried him. The, the Lara carried him in, and I carried him out because I didn't want him to be like, hey, I'm in a new place. I should own it. You know, mm-hmm. that's the whole, you know, be like that onion headline. That... Seriously, the diaper solves everything. I was so relaxed last night over at their house because Muppet... Well, because it's embarrassing. Yeah, and at one point he lifted his leg and Lisa and I just laughed, and then he was waddling around in his little chili pepper diaper. Filled with feminine sanitary products. (laughs) It's true. I have the worst and best email. I don't even know if I should read this on the air. Uh, We got Steve Castamon. We'll get here in just one moment. I... So I described, and I won't go back into it, but I described yesterday this dream that is a sort of very disturbing dream that I had uh, Monday night. And I, I relayed the dream in, you know, in a pretty vivid detail yesterday on the program. Apparently, my description of my nightmare was actually so uh, disturbing to this guy that he, in turn, had his own horrific nightmare, which, believe you me, is far worse than mine was. His night, the nightmare. I know this is a little convoluted, but the nightmare he had last night, based on my nightmare of the night before, was apparently so intense he's not listening to the show today because he's afraid of what we're going to say next. Because he's afraid we will invade his dreams once again. Oh well, thanks, Rick. You're losing listeners. I only for today. He said he'll be back tomorrow. I can't. I would have to think about whether or not to even whether to even describe what his dream was. It's just Do you know so, who this person is? No, nah, some guy. I mean, you know. Uh, all right. Well, let's welcome now to the Emerson Show. The power to warp minds. Uh, Steve Kastamau from New York City. Hello, sir. Hi. Hi. How you doing, brother? Okay, I got a little food on my tie today. That's really depressing. Uh, what color is the tie? What kind of food? Kind of a um, sort of a gray-greenish tie. Have you considered wearing a diaper or a cummerbund <laughs> around your midsection, sir? 
That would make life a lot easier, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. It's like, well, you remember those ads for, and I know I'm interrupting about the food, but you remember those ads for Depends undergarments, which, they, you know, Depends are largely for people who've had some sort of an ailment or an injury to that area of their body or older folks who maybe don't have uh, the, the control over their bladder that they once did. But I remember seeing this great commercial for Depends undergarments about nine years ago where I don't even who I don't even know who they were targeting with this. They, they just said the tagline was something like, Depends undergarments. You know, they're not just for people with bladder control problems. <laughs> and I remember thinking to myself, like, how lazy can you possibly... I mean, Those are like the people who get wheelchairs just because they're too fat to walk around. Yeah, I know. And it's like, especially the diaper, which makes a very telltale... Those are probably the diaper people, too. I mean, well, this Super Bowl halftime is really great. I uh, I have to urinate, but I, I don't want to miss... Uh, I don't want to miss Willie Nelson. So I, let me just... Uh, Oh, there we go. That's better. I mean, it's just, I can't, the whole thing is just makes my skin crawl. Long-haul truckers, maybe. I suppose, or maybe if you're on your way to stab an astronaut. Creepy astronauts, yeah. Um, or actually, like, you know, like train conductors in the subway. I often wonder, you know, what do those guys do when they're on their route? You know, it's not like the subway, you know, you can tell the engineer, hold on a second, I've got to get off at this station and, and use the facilities. We no. have a, uh, we, of course, share the market here with any number of wacky morning shows. Uh, some of some of whom uh, even now in the post Janet era decide to work blue. So let me now just give this idea uh, to the guys at the Playhouse. There you go. That's your next bit. You just take your call screener, you strap a diaper on him, and he has to do the whole show while relieving himself into a diaper. Well, no, but can't you? Just, I mean, can't you hear them doing that? Hang on the Playhouse. We're uh, strapping a guy into a diaper. Think about that, though. You know, and then they made like a wickety wah sound, and then it's like you know, and then they uh, and then they play something. And, and uh, that, run around with stickers on their boots. <laughs> exactly. You're, you're just sitting in your chair there right now. You could be relieving yourself. Let's excerpt that and make it into a promo right now. I could be relieving myself right now. You would know. Hey, let me ask you this. Did you ever uh, go to school, and I know you did, with uh, the kid who hadn't quite mastered the getting up and using the bathroom for its intended purpose up to, like, third grade? Every third grade class had that guy or sometimes a girl who you would just sit there and you're, you know, you're working on differentiating between trapezoid and rhombus. And then suddenly there's just what Edgar Allan Poe might call the telltale stench. And you just kind of go, you, and even at that age when you're like eight, you look up and you go like, like wh why? What, what are you doing? And, the, and then, of course, the poor teacher uh, who would just have to, you know, I know there's lots of debate in this country about what teachers ought to be paid. But really, some teacher might not even have kids, might actively loathe children, has to go over and pick up this little foul-smelling cretin and drag them off to the bathroom to be scrubbed. I mean, it's just, it's not right. Uh, what did you spill on your tie? Oh, I went up to the cafeteria, and I had uh, some salmon, and I guess a bit of oil might have dripped off. Really depressing. Well, you know, you know, you know, this is ironic, because you know what the use of ties originally was. Ties were originally there to actually wipe food on. Um, really? Yeah, in the days of old, when a man might be called upon to pull out a knife or a gun or some other weapon and defend himself at the drop of a hat, the tie was actually put on the front of your clothing as something you could immediately grab and quickly run your hand down while squeezing it on your way to grab your knife. And so your hand would not be covered in food and you would be able to handle your weapon uh, correctly. So you're walking down the hallway or you're eating and a guy comes towards you with a knife. You immediately in one fluid motion grab your tie, wrench it through your hands and grab your knife. Your hand is then clean and able to handle the weapon. Nice. I didn't know that. See, there you go. You're a little bit smarter than you were 10 seconds ago. Knowing is half the battle, Steve Kastenbaum. Thank you. I appreciate that. And let me ask you this. Do you ever have this? Do you ever have an, a piece of black clothing? And this happens to me a lot. And you would, 
What is the presumptive advantage of black clothing? It's that nothing can stain it. Mm -hmm. And yet I have black clothing that I swear to God has a blacker stain on it somehow. <laughs> and I don't know how that happens. I have, I'm not wearing it today. Uh, I will... You eat lots of greasy things. Is that what it is? Yeah. So why don't they just dip the clothing in whatever that is? Like, why don't they stain the clothing as black as they possibly can before they sell it so it then becomes truly stain proof? <laughs> it, 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 it seems like it's one of those challenges to science. To because create... a lot of people don't wear black because it's stain proof. It's not stain proof just because it's dark. But do you know what I'm meaning? You know what I'm saying here? Like, why don't you they make it blacker? On it and it would still stain it. I'm saying if the clothing was black enough, a stain wouldn't appear. You what? want oily black clothing. <laughs> and, a, and a diaper. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that may be the funniest thing you've ever said. <laughs> you know what I love is just sort of weird non sequitur phrases that are just ever so slightly absurd or surreal. And right there, you want oily black clothing. <laughs> that really is right there. You know, this week I made my mother-in-law uh, laugh unexpectedly. The food came out of her nose. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was what was the food? Oh, geez, um, I don't I don't know what she was eating at the time. Oh, it we wasn't eating... anything pointy. No, but I just had a non sequitur. She just went, did one of those. <laughs> things that just went right out her nose. Excellent. That's wonderful. All right. Well, this is actual news. This is a bad uh, month to be taking steroids, I think, or to be accused of taking steroids, because you know, there's the whole thing going on in uh, in San Francisco with the Barry Bonds and so forth. And then, what is it, is it today, or was it to, yesterday that this uh, that this Major League Baseball thing came out? Actually, it's going to come out tomorrow. The, um, the commissioner's office supposedly, reportedly received an advanced copy of it yesterday. Tomorrow... Senator George Mitchell, the former uh, Senate Majority Leader, will release the details of his 21-month-long investigation. So there's going to be some juicy stuff in there. Get it, juice? Yes. There is, yeah. So um, there are supposedly somewhere between 60 and 80 names of both former and current baseball players implicated in this steroids investigation. And then Major League Baseball will hold a news conference uh, immediately after the release of this report. So there's got to be a bunch of baseball players out there right now shaking in their boots. Am I named in that? Am I named in that? And so the but the and the upshot of this is like if it comes out and your name is in it, I mean, what is the what is the the real world uh, impact on that of a, to a baseball player? That's what we don't know. We don't know what the Major League Baseball officials are going to do about those players who are still in uniform. You know, if you're out of uniform, it's really you know past history. What are they going to do? But if you're still in uniform right now, are there going to be suspensions? Are, are some of the guys basically in jeopardy of not just being suspended but losing uh, endorsements and, and a big part of their salaries? You know, we don't know what's going to happen here. All right. Uh, I had some other observation I was going to make, but, you know, somewhere between oily black clothing and food coming out of your relative's nose, I just, uh, it's lost in the sands of my mind. So it's just going to have to be brought up another day. Okay. All right, my friend. Sorry, there was a little bit of a scheduling weirdness today, so, so uh, sorry oh. about that. And, uh, I have to say something to you. Lisa told me to tell you she's really sorry. Okay. All right, she, then. She's going to call in. She she uh, had a little bit of a mishap and missed the call, but she That's, will call you. Uh, not, not at all. Uh, you, guys are, you guys are pros, all of you, my friend. All right. Uh, so enjoy the rest of your day. We will talk to you soon, Steve. Speak to you later. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. Excellent. Wonderful. I love that guy. Uh, here in KCD Portland. Let's take a break. Come back. Tim Riley, are ye preparing news? Or we've already taken our break, haven't we? I'm sorry. Force yeah. of habit. We always break after that.
I'm sorry. Never mind. Let's forget I said that. And uh, there we go. For the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A man wearing leopard lingerie breaks into a Beaverton home. Leopard lingerie? Leopard. Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, apparently, DNA from his lingerie oh. and a methamphetamine pipe. Oh. Led investigators to a man suspected of a Beaverton home invasion last winter. 29-year-old Eric Trayton Kincaid has been arrested. Uh, police said in March of this year, a woman said she was in her bedroom of her apartment in South Beaverton when she saw a man in her closet. She screamed for help, calling for police. The man was wearing a wig and lace lingerie similar to a leotard. Uh, well, detectives found a methamphetamine pipe and clothing he left behind, so they searched the state crime lab and found out... It's the same DNA as his fellow Eric Triton Kincaid, wearing lingerie into ladies' closets. He's under arrest. There's so many layers of weirdness there, like yes. some sort of weird gender confusion onion. I don't even really know that I can peel it back. And there's some sort of joke there that I'm missing with with leotard ending in tard. I feel like there's humor to be wrung there, and I just can't quite and do plenty it. of it. And I'll try it again later. Uh-oh. Clark College is warning. Clark College, by the way, is in Vancouver. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, that shouldn't be a laugh line. Please forgive me if you live in Vancouver. Clark College is the uh, gateway to tomorrow, apparently. It's warning that an undisclosed number of students have their identities stolen. It all started after college documents with personal student information was found in the trash bin. I know how I'll get ahead. I'll impersonate somebody who's going to college in Vancouver. That will... That will be the bridge I need to a successful life. There could be a, a lot of Clark College graduates listening right now. Uh-huh. In a letter mailed almost a full month after the discovery, officials warned students to check their credit reports and place fraud alerts with creditors, local and national enforcement agencies. Uh-huh. There is no explanation why the college waited so long to issue the warning. The uh, materials with all the students' personal information was found in a trash bin on East Mill Plain Boulevard near 104th Avenue C-Tran Station. You know, I was in just November. driving by. Oh, I was going to say I was just driving by there last night. I should have stopped in to pick up a new ID. Mm-hmm. Oh, a lady fell into the water at St. John's during the parade of boats. Oh. While escorting the annual Christmas uh, ship fleet, Multnomah County River Patrol rescued a lady from the frigid water of the Willamette. The woman was in 44-degree water about 10 minutes after an identified man helped her cling to a dock near the boat landing of St. John's. Uh, she was... She's fine. Her name is not released. We don't want to embarrass her anymore than she Well, no, I mean, she'll be easy to find. I mean, there's no... That stench doesn't come off. That takes weeks to scrub away. Uh, then uh, 19 uh, pussycats have been abandoned at the Oregon Humane Society. They're offering a $500 reward for information... Uh, apparently, there are two individuals who abandoned 19 of these cats early yesterday morning at the shelter. How were they? Ab- I don't understand. They're probably you- in a bag or something. Oh, they were just like, left on the doorstep. Yeah. Like- They're socialized and friendly as far as cats go. Uh, they'll be available for adoption once the shelter staff are sure they're healthy enough for new homes. Boy, and I don't mean that I'm not trying to be start some dog versus cat thing, but I'm just saying it's... I was over at Joni's last night, and we are working on the, the Christmas play. And uh, and by the way, just a side note, lest anybody think that it's solely a Rick Joni thing, uh, it's written by uh, Joni DeRoshi, uh, Todd the Corpse, Workhoven, and uh, and myself. Uh, so it's uh, three people working on that, and then, uh, you know, Joni do the, do the directing, we do it, and lots of whatever. It, so she has this new kitten, which I think she was like a stray. Yeah, she was asking me what I Boy, thought. Boy, that kitten is retarded. Name. Yeah. I mean that she in the best possible way. It is. It's, and, but, but again, it's more of that whole thing about how cat... 
I'm not just, let me be very clear about this. I'm not speaking solely about Joni here. I'm just saying I do believe, now, see, I'm going to get myself into trouble if I say this, um, it, it, with her or inadvertently with somebody else. She we, makes bad cat choices? Well, that's so close to the observation I was going to make, actually. Well, um, that's because God made her so talented. We all appreciate God's gifts this holiday season. Amen to that. Mm -hmm. Salute. Uh, I was just going to say that I do believe all cat people, and and, and, not me though, but speaking with a broad brush here, I do believe most cat people, they just want to be abused. That's the thing. That I mean, that's you know, we're talking about the people, not the cats. No, I'm talking about the people. The yeah. cats don't want to be abused. And dog people just want to be worshipped. Yeah, the dog people. Yeah, exactly. Dog people want something that'll be like, you're the greatest. You know. All right. Uh, you know, I forgot to feed you. It's okay. You can feed me twice now. All right. I uh, uh, look. I'm going to strap you in an emasculating diaper. No problem. Let's go. It, dogs are just so. People who have cats, though, they want to be treated poorly by something, if not many somethings. Or. Someone. And you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Here's Tim Riley. All you people getting knocked off your bikes, they think they caught the guy who's been doing it. A sex offender is blamed for a three-day spree of crime, attacking and robbing ladies on bikes and pedestrians on Portland streets. Under arrest is 25-year-old Rodney Marcus Aragon. He's charged with five robberies. Police say he knocked the victims down, took their bags and property. Katie Hyes was running her bike to work in Northeast. When she said he drove up alongside of her, grabbed her arm, and pushed it to the ground. When he stopped, he got out of the car, came over to her, at first to reassure her, then taking off with her messenger bag. She has cuts, bruises, and a chipped bone in her hand. Oh. Ah. Uh, so he's, he's charged with uh, five counts of robbery, failing to register as a sex offender, and violating his parole. Jesus. And I don't think I'd rather have a broken bone, but a chipped bone sounds just as bad. Yeah, it's just like having a chipped tooth. You hear about people having a chipped tooth? That just doesn't sound fun I at all. I my teeth once out. Really? Uh-huh. Oh, that's no good. I was drinking a 40 and my friend hit the bottom of it. Oh. Remember? Yeah, I was working on the show then. Here's Tim Riley. Well, a Kaiser drug addict has been sentenced to a year in jail after his conviction on corpse abuse charges. Wait, is this a corpse watch? It is, yes. Fantastic. Here's your corpse watch. Just in time I'm for the holidays. Digging up bones. I'm digging up bones. This comes to us from Kaiser. Kaiser? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, you mean like a, the place? Yes, the place. Oh, this whole time I thought we were talking about something else. What would it be? I thought you were talking about the insurance firm. Oh, no. For, that's this entire time I thought you were talking about No, that. no, no. All right. So this is someone from the place of Kaiser. The place of Kaiser. Kaiser. A person who lives in the place of Kaiser, who's a drug addict, has been sentenced to a year in jail after his conviction of corpse abuse charges. He's only 19 years old, too. Kyle McGuire... Uh, stuffed an overdosed victim's body in a duffel bag and dumped her into a nearby creek. Okay, that's a either a small person or a big duffel bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you fit someone into a duffel? I mean, I he know he's it. I know he's stuffed, but I mean, still stuffing doesn't really seem like it would be sufficient. Well, it works. Seems like you just need some folding. Apparently, uh, Leslie Clattenback. Disappeared in early April of 2007. Investigators found her body in the duffel bag a few weeks later. The medical examiner determined she died from methamphetamine overdoses. The 37-year-old uh, Kattenbach 
uh, left behind two teenage children who live with their ex-husband. This sounds like a tangled web, doesn't it? McGuire really had been staying in the woman's apartment at the time of her disappearance. Mm-hmm. Toxicology screens determined he is not to blame for her death, though. Just stuffing her in the bag. Well, she was on meth. She was pro- there were probably less of her to stuff at that point, anyway. So, all right. Well, this is a meth underwater. Okay, there you go. That's your. Uh, so the abuse came from the stuffing. In the does it say why? Or where he found... Like, did he just come across the body in an alley or something? Well, apparently they were... Uh, he was staying at her apartment. Oh, well, not just in the building, but in the apartment yeah, with her. Maybe like a handyman sort of So thing. maybe, and I'm just speculating, if this is just my speculation, as is protected by the Constitution, uh, that maybe there was some sort of a... Uh, I don't know, that she died or overdosed or... Yeah. They were doing drugs together. I'm just saying, I'm speculating. And then maybe he thought, well, i got to get rid of this body that makes me look bad. Uh, and then just uh, stuck her into a bag and whatever. All right, well, there you go. there's your corpse watch for uh, I'm digging up bones. Wednesday. I'm digging up bones. Doing things that's better left alone. I'm resurrecting memories of a love that's dead and gone. Yet not I'm sitting alone. Digging up bones. Here's Tim Riley, ladies and gentle persons. Off we go to Everett, Washington, where a man who killed and dismembered his girlfriend then took off the California husband captured. He's been sentenced to 23 years in prison. He's Michael Ray Failer of Granite Falls, pleading guilty in Sonomish County Superior Court to second-degree murder, first-degree robbery, after prosecution witnesses agreed on the sentencing recommendation. Paula uh, was arrested in Fresno, admitted killing and dismembering Angela Lynette Bolden and stealing a man's car at night point at a Stanford grocery store. He uh, previously described by investigators as a mentally ill martial arts expert <laughs> sorry, with, with an affinity for edge weapons. <laughs> That's a mentally ill martial arts expert with an affinity for edge weapons. I'll take terrible combinations for 500. That is awful. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at that, but really, that's not a string of words I expected to come out that's of your mouth. Edward Washington. Jesus. All right. Uh, after the carjacking, a car belonging to Failer's parents was found idling in the grocery store's parking lot. The parents told investigators the car had been stolen and they feared their son had harmed Bolden, whom they hadn't seen in several days. After uh, finding her belongings in the trash bin on their property, along with a blood-stained rag and a rug, they confronted their son, who told them, yes, he dismembered his girlfriend and threw her remains over the embankment. Nearly a week later, an undercover cop saw him leaving a restaurant and a car reported stolen at a truck stop in Truckee, California. Sounds like something out of a B-movie, doesn't it? It does. He was arrested after a short chase. That ended when he crashed into a utility pole. Jesus. A mentally ill martial arts expert with an affinity for knives. Okay. That's like some weird PTSD version Dungeons and Dragons. Here's uh, Tim Riley. I suppose so. A uh, state trooper has shot and killed a bear who tried to break into his Florence home. The homeowner told police the bear broke into his garage and then tried to break into his house. He wasn't satisfied. The trooper revised, who said the bear comes down from a tree, ran toward him and stopped about 10 feet away while walking toward the officer until he fired. He shot to kill. The bear was only three feet away from him. He was close to being eaten. Uh, they're also looking for two younger bears in the area. One prompted officials to evacuate an elementary school when he got near the playground. That doesn't make sense. So the bear's outside, so why not let the kids outside so they can run away from the bear? <laughs> kids, go look at the bear. Witness run, home, run home before he catches you. <laughs> One of you will make it. I, <laughs> the herd will be stronger due to the loss of the others. We are trying to educate residents about bears. From the inside. Until they stop, we'll continue to have problems. <laughs> or until they're full. We don't want to have to kill any more bears. Oh, of course not. Well, you know, you can, you can make more kids. Uh, bears lose their natural fear of people after they're fed human food. Or 
Humans. Humans. <laughs> and then they start breaking into their homes and vehicles, just like a white person would. Why? 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 <laughs> For the sake of all the local residents, please stop beating the bears. Why would he, bears... You always say that bears lose their fear of humans. Why would bears ever have a fear of humans? I mean, you know what I mean? You're, you, the, the, humans, you're a... You're a you're a small, small, tasty thing with no fangs. I mean, why would bears be afraid of you in the first place? I remember when I was a kid, first learning the fact that certain bears, this terrifies me even now, learning the fact that certain bears could run 30 miles an hour. If that doesn't terrify you, and I've only ever seen them in the zoo, but I mean, even in the zoo, it, even animals that you sort of just think of as being kind of quasi-unnerving are terrifying when you see them up close. Have you ever seen a porcupine in real life? Yes. Man, those things are terrifying. And you logically know, like, you know, that like they can't, people think that they can, like, shoot their quills or whatever, and they well, can't. Well, like a skunk. The skunk knows deep down that you're afraid of the skunk. Oh, yeah. And I remember seeing a porcupine for the first time in real life, and it says, like, in big letters, like, skunks, or, you know, porcupines cannot shoot their quills. Like, you'd literally have to go jab your hand on it. But the, but the porcupine at one point, like, looks around at you and goes, like, and, like rattles its quills at you, and you kind of go, ha! Ah! And you just sort of, you know, you just want to run away. Yeah, the, I, you see those, uh, and the weird thing is you see those specials about, um, Yellowstone Park, like back in the 60s, before they knew any better, when they were like, it, it was like, and you'd see those things that sound like the old newsreel footage, like, excited tourists come to Yellowstone and feed the bears. Look at Mr. and Mrs. Jones getting up close and personal with some of nature's biggest predators. Look at those six-inch fangs, Mrs. Jones. And it's like some guy, like a bad cartoon where a guy's like handing a sandwich wedge to a bear. Mm -hmm. And at some point, of course, the sandwich wedges ran out, and they just decided that Mr. J Mr. Jones himself would make a tasty uh, a tasty treat. So, yeah, bears are freaky. Stay away from them. Yes. That wasn't any kind of watch, was it? That was just a regular old bear no, story. No, just bears killing you. Well, let's talk about uh, Makara tribesmen pleading innocent to uh, killing that whale. Five members of the Makara tribe have pled innocent to travel charges of participating in an unauthorized whale hunt. A California gray was shot by members of the tribe off the coast of Washington. Frankie Gonzalez, Wayne Johnson, Andrew Knoll, Parker, and William Secor Sr., all of uh, Nia Bay, face a trial January 22nd. I'm sorry, Frankie Gonzalez? Yeah, he's a Macaw Indian. Is that a, is that a traditional Macaw name? That is a traditional Macaw name. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, conviction carries a maximum penalty. Uh, no, you shouldn't have well, I, dump that. I, I, I thought mean, you were you should me... dump it for the sake of not looking like an ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. All right, fine, never mind. I'm just so hung up on the on the the Indian named Frankie Gonzalez. I mean, that's just all right, whatever. And these are the guys that went out and machine gunned a whale or something. Yeah. All right, fine. Fine. Run it again, Sally. Get regular with relax. Start every day the relax way. Your system no, will feel no. so great. You'll want like this. Relax. Relax. That sounds kind of flanged. What should I be thinking oh, there we in go. inside? Think laxative. Soothing <laughs> relief. Please, Excellent. I'll give her a motivation. Laxative, darling. You crave one. <laughs> Who doesn't? Uh, that's from the uh, the fabulous Woody Allen film, uh, Radio Days. Almost a perfect film, I would say. Yes. Very nearly perfect. And it's it's got everything. It's got uh, romance. It's got action. It's got uh, pathos. It's got that fantastic sequence with the submarine, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and it's got a great ending too. Um, well, anyway, so yeah, you, you really—it's on like every week. Oh yeah, it's on. I mean, I on have the retro it, channel mostly. 
Woody Allen is one of the keywords of my TiVo. And I mean, it tapes Radio Days like about every five days. Oh, this movie is 20 years old now. Radio Days? Oh, yeah. 1987. I saw when it first came out. uh, Radio Days was one of the first movies that we got on pay-per-view when I was growing up. Uh, The very first movie we ever got on pay-per-view was To Live and Die in L.A., featuring soundtrack by Wang Chung. And we saw got To Live and Die in L.A., and then a bunch of other crap. And then at one point, we got Radio Days on pay-per-view, which... Which my parents hated. My mom just didn't get it because I think she's just, you know, she read Woody Allen humor doesn't register with someone like my mom. And my dad, of course, didn't like it because there wasn't any, like, there wasn't a belching sequence at any point. And so, like, he was just not, you know, and there wasn't anybody strumming a banjo or blowing something up. And so my dad couldn't get with it. But I loved it. Um, and I would have been, I don't know, maybe 15, something like that, 14. And it was just, a, it was just a fan, it was the best film. It's fantastic. So, and it's got Seth Green when he's like three years old. So that's great. Here's Tim Riley. Well, heavy storms at part of the Pacific Northwest appear to have contributed to that major landslide in Klatskanai. Sergeant Larry Lucas with the OSP says, There was a thunderous roar as the hillside tumbled down. Now the roadway resembles a soup of mud. We got a lot of mud still in the area. In fact, it's uh, the mud itself is covering one entire lane. It appears that the hillside may be finished moving, but they're not sure yet. The state uh, has taken a look at the hillside up above where this slid down from, and from the looks of it, this should have been the major part of it. We could have some minor things later on, but whether or not they would make it down this far, it's doubtful at this time. More proof that the Earth hates you. Mm Mm-hmm. ODOT spokeswoman Christine Miles says those evacuated were hit not once but twice. You know, what's really sad about this is that the people who lived in those homes that were hit by this mudslide, those poor people were just coming back into their homes on Monday because they had to be evacuated before because of the flooding. They're diligently working to get that roadway open. The good part of that about this is that in that area there are very few homes. So the people who live there have been evacuated. Now, we're trying to open the roadway as quickly as possible, but we do have some safety concerns. So we're asking people just please be patient. Now, the safety concern is more mud. I And is this a thing? Here's a dumb question. Is this a thing where the much maligned FEMA comes in and takes care of stuff? FEMA is there. They show them on TV. Really? Are they doing they, something? There are three people in laptops uh, printing things last night. Don't I saw them on TV. Heck of a job, Brownie. The, boy, that quote's going to haunt them for the rest of their... However, that organization doesn't matter to them. ought to be dismantled and started again as something else because they're just completely tainted by that hurricane thing forever. So they, so if your home just gets destroyed by mud, does your insurance... Insurance wouldn't even cover that, though, because no. that's like an act of God. Right. That is mud. a force majeure, as they say. But so, what happens if you're an atheist? I don't really know. You know, and it's, I, I have actually thought about that at a number of items... Uh, in, that you have to affix your signature to that mention God. Like your insurance policy will mention an unforeseeable act of God. Um, so if your home is just destroyed by something like that, does the government just give you the money to get a new house? If they're reasonable about it. If they're reasonable about it. You mean the homeowners? No, the government. Oh, if they're, Well, of course they're not going to be reasonable about it. In no way they're going to be. Hi, you're on the Rick Everson Show. Hello. Yeah, Rick, I know we shouldn't pick any more on uh, Vancouver, but... Uh... And yet... Uh, do you know how you get rid of a cart, uh, college graduate off your front porch? Wait, hold on. Just let me think about that for one second while I, uh, leave the room and do something else. Uh, no, how do you get, what is the setup, sir? How do you get rid of a cart, college graduate off your front porch? 
you pay them for the pizza. All right, let me just... Thank you, sir. Sure. Mm -hmm. Sound like he had some loose teeth rolling around in his mouth when he was saying that. Uh, let's see, this uh, email says, uh, Rick, since you are talking about Woody Allen, uh, what are your thoughts about Bullets Over Broadway? Bullets Over Broadway, another fantastic film. See, and the other thing about Woody Allen, I know that I promised to quit talking about Woody Allen, but it, it, people don't realize also, I know I'm like keep pushing how films, is, how mainstream his films are, and I know maybe that's wrong, the wrong way to, to do it, but um, you know, people also don't realize the caliber of actor that Woody Allen gets. You were talking about Bullets Over Broadway, which stars John Cusack. I mean, and not Cusack like, you know, early before anybody knew him. I mean, it was like height of his fame, John Cusack stars in that. Uh, and it's got the, the hottest balls, Mary Louise Parker, Rob Reiner. Uh, Chaz Palminteri, who I love, and it's got Diane Weist, who is the hot mom with the vibrator in Parenthood, um, in one of the best performances she has ever turned in anywhere. Even better than Edward Scissorhands? Uh, not, not, I mean, it's up there. I mean, she's, she plays a totally different style of character. But if you're a theater nerd of any kind... I love that lady. Oh, yeah, if you're a, if you're a drama nerd, you got to see Bullets Over Broadway. It's one of the best deconstructions of, of, of the kind of people, and I say this as a theater dork myself... If you are a theater tool, you got to see Bullets Over Broadway because it's one of the most accurate depictions of the neuroses that plague the theater and acting world that I have ever seen. So uh, here's uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Clark College has been around since 1933, it says. Really? Mm-hmm. And th there's some uh, kid dressed up there like uh, like Richie with that thing around his head. They have a mascot? They did have, let's see here, they have some trees here. It looks like uh, and they had some other thing here. Are there Welcome to Clark College. Are there interesting uh, fun facts? Oh, they have kids playing on the lawn there. Well, okay. There was another picture that was someone dressed up like Richie, but they're located in Vancouver, uh, Washington. Oh, Richie sent me a photograph. He did, you, did he get the picture? Yeah, yeah. Richie took a picture of himself in the hallway wearing his. Are you put it on your website? Uh, yeah, wearing his uh, wearing his gay apparel today. So we'll uh, we'll put that up so y'all can. Tis the season, right? It really is. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh oh. A single mother of three was hit on the sidewalk by an out-of-control car in Southeast, killing her. It happened at the intersection of Southeast Arc at 112. The driver, 21-year-old Tarek Temple, is taken into custody charged with reckless driving, DUI, and manslaughter. He was speeding westbound on Stark Street when he lost control of his Jeep, ending up on the sidewalk. One person was able to jump out of the way, but Angela Byrus was not. This guy... Okay, listen to this. Rick, I haven't... It's going to be one of those days. I'm confused, Rick. I haven't seen Bullets Over Broadway, but you said it's good. But Madonna's in it, so it does not compute. Madonna is not in Bullets Over Broadway. In no in no universe is Madonna in Bullets Over Broadway. I'm thinking of Four Rooms. Uh, or is she in the Radioland Murders? You might be thinking of the Radioland Murders. Uh, she is not in Bullets Over Broadway. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Uh-oh, now the CIA is kind of trying to defend itself. The director, Michael Hayden, went before the House Select Committee on Intelligence to explain why interrogation tapes were destroyed. Well, he said there's more work to do to, to determine the facts on why those tapes were destroyed. Mm -hmm. Oops, wait a minute here. On why those tapes were destroyed. I was aware of the existence of the tapes that really didn't become focused on it until the summer of 06 when I became director, and at that point was preparing to come up in September to brief the committee on, on all aspects of the detention interrogation program. So he wasn't responsible. It was the person before him. You know, you, can, know? you can see what he looks like, too. That's, he's the guy he's standing in the hallway outside the courtroom. Uh, and he's just, everybody's shoving the microphone to his face, and he's desperately trying to answer the question while his lawyer's there screeching at him not to reveal any information about anything. 
Oh, by the way, this afternoon is the uh, the Republicans' debate. Now, is it coming up, or did it already happen? No, it didn't happen yet. It's happening soon. What time? I mean, what time? Our time. Oh, I don't know. Three? All right. Well, I'm... I'll and then here. the Democrats are tomorrow. Like, okay. anybody cares at this point. Well, that's... Uh, you know, and I, uh, I don't wish to sound uh, stupid, but... It, I'm going to have to really kind of turn this question over my head before Lisa, uh, who I think may be joining us later in the day, uh, Lisa Desjardins. I'm, uh, because I don't really understand. This is all leading up to, you know, you've got the New Hampshire primary coming up and the, the whatever and the caucuses and the hey, hey, and uh, all of which are kind of pointless. I mean, it just, I really don't. They, it's sort of, I think the primaries only exist, and I want to sit and dwell on presidential primaries because I know it's gripping to everybody. The presidential primaries really only exist because they've just always sort of been there, right? It's like the Electoral College. They're, it's just sort of this, I don't know, it's just sort of this ongoing force of inertia that keeps them there because it, because it's going to make no difference uh, who wins the primaries. It doesn't affect who the national nominee is going to be, who the party nominee is. Christ, Pat Robertson won, won in Washington. Uh, but he wasn't going to be the nominee for anything. Remember when Howard Dean was winning uh, the primaries? Yeah, and all it took was one scream. Pat Buchanan the was winning uh, primary. Pat Buchanan beat George Bush in a primary. Uh, it has nothing to do with who's going to be nominated. It really is just it, it is really very much just a Washington D.C. parlor game. The primaries affect nothing. So they're chattering results. class. Exactly. That's exactly what it is, Tim. So uh, let's see. It's uh, they face off at two o'clock Eastern time. I mean, I just want to see if they're going to continue to press Mitt Romney about uh, you know about God living on. Planet Colop or whatever, uh, because that's clearly what. And I made the mistake of I, not made the mistake. That's the wrong way to put it. But I did, I brought up the Mitt Romney issue with my wife, who of course grew up Mormon uh, the other day, and just unleashed it. It's funny how it's funny how those things stay with you because you know we're all bad, fallen, lapsed Catholics in this room. But it is weird how the tenets of that faith or the the need to sometimes defend the nutcasery of your own religion kind of stays with you after the fact. Um, and you know, like even I feel compelled occasionally to, to, to you know, try to find uh, things about the Catholic faith which are not uh, ridiculous. Like I'll have to go, well, they've got fantastic music and uh, great stained glass. Like I'll try to find something about the Catholic faith with, which isn't you know which isn't repellent. And they do ring the bells to let you know when it's time to kneel down. They do. <laughs> you don't have to memorize everything. Um, and the church I went to, at least for large portions of the time I was going to Catholic church, they did actually project the Apostles' Creed on the wall, so you didn't have to commit to memory. Oh, but, you know, Laura, who hasn't been to church, uh, hope her parents aren't listening, uh, who hasn't been to church, I mean, she, as soon as like she was out of her parents' sight, she quit going. Um, it would have been, you know, over a decade ago. But even she feels compelled. To, she's like, Mitt Romney is getting a bad rap. I wish that it's unfair the way they're persecuting him for being a Mormon. And I'm like, you know, you... Like you're a borderline atheist at this point. You don't, you don't care about the church. You don't go to church. I mean, you don't... Uh, I mean... But she feels the need to whatever. Anyway, so uh, so Mike Huckabee said, this is how you can tell the knives are coming out. Republican presidential hope from, uh, hopeful Mike Huckabee, an ordained Southern Baptist minister, asks in an upcoming article, Say, don't Mormons believe that Jesus and the devil are brothers? I love the idea that he just sort of throws that out colloquially. Like it's a, like it's a thing that would just come up around the water cooler. Um, so anyway, so there you go. So, there, so that'll get brought up, uh, undoubtedly. Mike Huckabee. How bizarre. Not going to win anything, but it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Here's Tim Riley. I worked with someone with that same name, but it's a different person. So there, uh, there's more than one Mike Huckabee. So Huckabee is... I think he's the only person that I've ever heard of named Huckabee. It's one of those names that I think he kind of owns the copyright on at this point, because I, I, I don't... Was the person from Arkansas? No, he, he was uh, from New Hampshire, and he was a blind disc jockey. 
Really? Uh-huh. You know, uh, John Paul, who's the program director over at Couple, he used to work with a blind engineer. There was a radio engineer who was blind, who at one point had had been sighted, and then he lost, uh, I, I think this is how, he lost his sight at some point. And the deal is, like, he would come in with a, sounds like a joke, but he would, like, come in with a soldering iron and, I'm here to fix your microphone, or, you know, the board. And they would open up the control board, and he would reach inside, and, like, full-on, uh, like, Whistler in, in in sneakers, he would, like, run his hands over, and he'd go, all right, now, uh, if I'm thinking of this correctly, my left hand is probably on a blue capacitor, and my right hand is uh, is on a a small square transistor. Is that right? And they go, yeah, that's right. And he'd go, all right, get out of the way. <laughs> and, like, out comes the welding torch. And he would just, like, go to work, which is fantastic. So I'm going to put that in a movie at some point. Uh, oh, the Republicans are now debating. So it's happening right now. So that's probably yeah. the, the deal with Lisa. Lisa was probably caught in the crossfire of the upcoming... They want deep cuts in federal spending. Who? The Republicans. All right. Well, did you see nutcase Ron Paul? Like, he's another one of those... I don't know why that guy... And don't... And spare me. I, spare me? I can... Even as I say nutcase Ron Paul, it's like I can hear... It, just like Obi-Wan heard the voice of... You know, the, the, the cries of a thousand voices silenced or whatever the hell it was. I can hear the sounds of a, of a thousand nutcases picking up the phone to yell at me about how Ron, Ron Paul's going to be president. Um, so just leave it. And but, just to endear himself further, Fred Thompson says... It's time to reduce the number of benefits for future retirees and Social Security. That's the way to get elected. Tell mm -hmm. old people you're going to take away their money. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Um, and sodomy in every home. So, there's Ron Paul, who, I mean, I guess there's maybe no more of a nutcase than anybody else. It's just his nutcasery comes in the form of this weird sort of, it's like he's a, like a closet libertarian, which in turn makes him a closet anarchist. Because Ron Paul, who inexplicably is running as a Republican... I guess because maybe he thinks that's going to make him electable. It will not. Uh, the, it, he's another one of those guys, and this sounds like a joke, but he's another one of those guys, what are you going to do in your first hundred days? And he's just like, I'm going to abolish the Department of Education. Also, I'm going to abolish the Department of Agriculture. Also, he's kind of a spare Dennis Kucinich. Yeah, he really, that's exactly what he, he and Dennis Kucinich just need to have, uh, you know, like a sitcom together, like the Never Win Anythings. Uh, and then we'll just follow them around as their, you know, their kooky escapades as they attempt to get elected to a higher office. Not going to happen. Uh, but you know, but you know, but you know what he is though, Dennis Kucinich too. But especially Ron Paul because his reporters are just uh, reporters. His uh, his um, supporters are just, you know, because they're just all they're just all unhinged. And so the great thing about him is he's sort of like um, political kale. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just like some greenery, some garnish around the edges. You know what he is? He's the paprika of the GOP political race. That's exactly what he is. There you go. I'm trademarking that right now. Not a whole lot of spice, not really useful for anything by himself. You can't really make anything out of it. And, you know, if it was gone, you wouldn't really miss it. But paprika is good for deviled eggs. Ron Paul is amusing as we head into primary season. That's really his sole use at this point. Uh, let's take a break, and then we will uh, come back with more of Tim Riley. We've got a triple Britney watch coming up. Tanya watch. Uh, taser watch. Later on, Rachel McGrath, I believe Lisa Desjardins, uh, the top five and more. You say there's the Rick Emerson radio program.
the Rick Emerson radio program. Uh, coming up later on, we have CNN radio correspondent Rachel McGrath uh, about Alex Trebek, who I think is still at Cedar Sinai. Either upstairs or downstairs. We're not really sure. We're not really sure what his uh, what his temperature is at this point, but he's he's in the building somewhere. Uh, let's see what else. Top five coming up. Uh, we have tickets to the uh, motorcycle ice racing, which is happening uh, this coming uh, weekend. Be giving those away as well. This is Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. We have not a single but a double Tanya watch. Really? Yeah. Excellent. Here's your Tanya watch. It's been a long time since we have one of these. Tanya watch for uh, Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Show. Excellent. Tanya Harding will be in Harrison. That's in Alabama. No, it's in Arkansas. Not that it matters. On a Saturday for the Mid-State Promotion Boxing Fight Night. The Hardings are going to the Ozarks. It's going to be held at the Northwest Arkansas Fairgrounds Indoor Expo Building at 7.30 p.m. Be there. Tickets are still available. Really? <laughs> uh, Harding is in Harrison to uh, prepare for her return to professional boxing. She'll also be signing autographs and meeting fans in attendance at this event. Does it seem... I was just going to say, does it seem strange at this point that even we can't get Tanya Harding on the show? I mean, really, it does seem like we're she's now right in our wheelhouse, or we're in hers one way or the other. I mean, this is really just a relentlessly low-rent radio program, and she does seem to be drifting more and more towards some sort of some sort of gravitational nexus of trash. So it seems like we really ought to have gotten her in by now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because I really I would like to say that I'm actually. Not to be all about the greatness of me, but we probably give her a pretty sh- a fair shake at this point, interview Well, she probably knows who you are, and she's probably just kind of freaked out about coming on. What? Because, what, because you talk of about... my fame and all? No, because you talk about how you think she's still dirty hot. Well, you, just, you say all these creepy things about her. If I was her, I wouldn't want to be on the That's a compliment, though. You know, the, uh, come on. That's I mean that with love. It's a, it's a nice thing to say about somebody. Hmm. Here's Tim, here's Tim Riley. According to friends of Tanya Harding's fiancé, Tanya... That's what it says here. This is from Willamette Week, from their scoop section. Okay. According to friends of her fiancé, Tanya Harding, who's 37, who's been 37 for like 10 years, in a row? Uh, will marry a 30-year-old lumberjack near <laughs> named Bradford from Yakult, Washington. Now, is this an actual lumberjack, or is this a lacrosse lumberjack? I'm looking here. Is this a Daria lumberjack? It just says he's a lumberjack. Isn't Daria marrying a lumberjack? And he's I think okay? she already married a lumberjack. I don't think that happened. Wouldn't we have heard about that? Isn't there like some law that when Daria walks outside her house, there has to be a news article about it, like on every paper? I'm sorry, was that out loud? I don't mean to sound snarky. I'm just saying she's a media darling. The media does tend to like Daria. Uh, so uh, hmm. so I don't think she's married, first of all. So he's, it sounds like he's probably... What were those pictures of her in the cat suit, then? Didn't I ever show you? Yeah, but I thought that was her wedding. No, but I think that was just like a, they were, I don't know, it was like, these are the outfits we will be wearing. Hmm. Now I don't know. And no, why, I'm pretty sure she got married. And why am I so invested? Well, somebody will tell us. So Daria either got married or well, hey, didn't. Well, papers writing like numerous articles about it, so. <sighs> yeah. It like you're the only one. Yeah, I guess. Uh, so somebody will tell us that. And then, uh, so, but, so it sounds like Tanya Harding is engaged to like an actual real, like, look out for that tree, lumberjack. Yeah, she tells an Arkansas newspaper, I would really love uh, to get like a bull elk or a really big buck. Uh, that's what she told the Buckster Bulletin. 
prior to her uh, boxing event. Maybe someday I'll have a family. That would be something I'd really look forward to. It's really just being a, one step from being in the New York Times Society page, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The, the Buckster Bulletin. The Buckster Bulletin. Did they give that away with the free slices of Gino's pizza rolls at I the local uh, at the local foodway? Fantastic. All right, so Tanya Harding is A in gay. Oh, and then that, when is that Tanya, uh, the, the Nancy and Tanya uh, musical coming here? Because it's going to be at the World Trade Center place down the street, right? Oh, yeah. Did we, there was some interview with the guy who did it. There's a guy who is, has that Nancy and Tanya, the musical. Uh, we got to get him on. So, um, all right, well, there you go. There's your double Tanya watch for uh, the Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah. You know that that means that like within three years, going to be a whole uh, mess of little Hardings running around the trailer, bringing joy to all who they see. Uh, Guess what the sheriff's department wants to hear at this point? <laughs> the Hardings are on the march again. Um, Rick, this email says Ron Paul is more of an ornamental radish carved into the shape of a raving lunatic that no one in their right mind would eat. Paprika at least gets consumed. Ron Paul will be thrown out into the gutter along with the fish heads of Fred Thompson's campaign and the mushy crusts of John McCain's self-respect. By the way, paprika is used as a seasoning in many dishes, such as gyros in Greece, on top of hummus in Lebanon, uh, goulash in Hungary, and Spanish chorizo. chorizo. Uh, the stuff we typically use is not very hot and is used primarily for the big, bright color and subtle flavor, like with deviled eggs and potato salad. If you don't respect paprika, Rick, you need to pull the Baconator out of your mouth and go get some real food to eat. Mm-hmm. All right, there you go. Fantastic. Well, uh, Lars, on this whole thing, we've got this weird, it's like a weird, um, what is that company, Schwab's? Schwann's? Schwab's is the drugstore where Lana Turner was discovered. Les Schwab is a tire guy. Well, he was. The, um, what is the company, is it Schwann's that delivers crap to your house? The food Was that place? Schwann's? Schwann's? Yeah. That's a weird word when you say yeah. it out loud a hundred times. Um... And speaking of which, who, who is it that termed that upside-down E a schwa with like an S and an H and a C and a W? That's just weird. Um, but um, it, but it's like it's like Schwann's, but it's got like it's like they deliver vegetables in, in crap. So maybe I'll ask for some paprika to be delivered. Here's Tim Riley. Well, a Texas woman claims she was dragged and raped by coworkers while working for in Iraq for Halliburton. Uh, 22-year-old Jamie Lee Jones has filed suit against Halliburton and its subsidiary, KBR, saying she was drugged, gang-raped, and injured by co-workers. She claims she was held by the company, but managed to convince a guard to lend her a cell phone, which she used to call her dad, who contacted Texas Representative Ted Pope. At the time that she called, she was in one of these large, seagoing shipping containers, and that she says she was held hostage in this environment. Jesus, holy midnight express. Yeah. So that's well, what happens if you uh, join Halliburton. Disturbing. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 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 Uh, you were talking about Tanya Harding fighting in Harrison, Arkansas? Were we ever? Uh, that's the international headquarters for the Ku Klux Klan. I didn't know if you knew that. Is, are you just calling to share us Ozark fun facts? Well, I'm from Arkansas. I hear you guys talk about it all the time. Uh, no, I'm sure it's a fine place. Uh, you know, that is, uh, you know, the, Bill Clinton is from there. It's, it's, that's a really creepy city. That's all I can say. And about this is it. what is the name of the city? Harris or Harrisburg? 
Harrison, Arkansas. Harrison. Uh, so it's the international head the international headquarters. How big can that? Po how many members can that possibly have at this point? Is it really just more of a, like a card table? I don't know. It's probably like half the state of Arkansas. You know how to go. As a matter of fact, that guy I worked with who used to threaten people with his gun went back to work in that market. Really? Mm -hmm. This is no. This is a fine town, Tim, but it's no Harrison, Arkansas. Mm. I've got to head back there now. Uh, give us uh, at least one more thing that is horrible about Harrison, Arkansas. Um, lots of people standing on corners staring at you when you drive through. And is it? Is it? And is it staring at you? Like in a sort of we don't take kindly to folks like you around here kind of way. Exactly, exactly. You don't look you don't look like you're from these parts. All right. What kind of name is uh, Emerson anyway? All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Where are your grandparents from? Here's Tim Riley. No, that's where, where everyone uh, looks like Charlie Daniels. The um, we were just talking about uh, about something during uh. It's I a picturesque Ozark Mountain town. Really. A great place to start your adventure. Whatever you desire, Harrison is a fabulous if, location. If by adventure you mean being chased down a mountain road by hillbillies bearing muskets. It's more than just an outdoor paradise. <laughs> chased into a swamp and eaten by wildlife. What an adventure! As your life force is draining from your body. Well, okay. Hey, did you ever have to play? We were talking about this before the program, but I, was it a country jock, uh, job you had when you were playing Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer? No, I was working at comedy radio back then. Really? This yeah. isn't the comedy radio. The comedy radio. The actual co the comedy radio that used to be here? No, no, no. It's a different one. But it's the same thing, basically. It, it was America's only of... comedy station. Really? It was a stack of cassettes Does it, it, that all had to be queued up by hand. And, uh... <laughs> Imagine that. Would a you like our shift? Please to play these old Bob and Ray bits from 1940. Some were. Really? Yeah. Look, here's a Bickerson's tape and the greatest hits of Spike I Jones. played the Bickerson's. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, God. You know, somewhere at home. Did I give you those, actually? I have a bunch of Bickerson's and Burns and Allen tapes uh, at home that my mother-in-law uh, actually found and gave to me, which is actually kind of cool. Um, anytime you're working at a radio station, by the way, that bills itself as, like, the country's only or the country's foremost or anything like that. That's because it failed every place yes, else. It, and you're next. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Basically, you are, you are you're at the one of two ends of the spectrum there. You are either the forefront of a format that will catch on nowhere and which will take you down with it, or you are the last surviving husk of a format that is about to be shed off the back of the giant radio beast, and you will be unemployed within days. And the sales kit for the advertisers showed pictures of the station being destroyed in a fire. Really? Yes. Oh, God. See, and so here's the thing about this song. I know we're playing this song. See, it doesn't even phase Tim anymore, though. I think you can't even hear it anymore. I think it's like a, this, this particular frequency is gone. Mm. The, the, the particular mid-range that is required to hit Emerald and Patsy has been withered away. Uh, this song never really bothered me the way that it bothers everybody I never, else. I didn't hear it too much. That's well, why. and it's like it's... It doesn't bother me because it's just an absurd song to begin with. Like, this kind of song is way less annoying to me. I'm talking like a valley girl today, but this is much less irritating than a song that is presumably done in a straightforward fashion, and then you then get just sick to death of it. Uh, like I know, speaking of Joni, Joni has this whole thing about trying to get through the holidays without hearing Happy Christmas War is Over by John Lennon, which is a, you know, a fine song, but I can see how, you know, by the end, by about January 2nd, you're just like, Christ, I just, like you want to start wars because of that song. Um... So this song actually never bothered me all that much. Yeah, because I just, I heard it and I went, well, that's a dumb novelty song. And I, it kind of went in the back of my head next to Fish Heads and they're coming to take me away. Ha -ha. It always bothered me. Why did the grandpa let the grandmother stumble drunk out into the snow? I don't really know the answer to that. He's been taking this so well. 
right. Well, in any event. But mothers used to call up and request it for their kids. But did they? Did you say that they made you interview Elmo and or Patsy? Yes. Now, I thought that I, we interviewed. I don't think we did. We had an opportunity right. to, I remember. Did we interview? Tim would have blocked it out, I'm sure. But Okay, well, let's just back up. So did you interview Elmo, Patsy, or Elmo and Patsy? I think it was Elmo and Patsy. Elmo and Patsy. And... Was this at the behest, uh, and by behest I mean were you ordered to do it? Yes. Did someone tell you that you today you will be interviewing Elmo and Patsy? Mm. Uh, because the station's demographic was uh, believed to enjoy that kind of thing. What? That uh, out of 75 stations in L.A., we had to hang on to the 75th position. <laughs> <laughs> Something had to be done. You had to dig in your crampons there and just, ugh! We are not going to allow this fantastic position in the ratings. I did not want to lose the morning show. Get me Elmo and Patsy! And so, and so well, I mean, they called, and I. Well, what is I there to ask them? I mean, I don't remember. There were not quite suggested questions. Really? What? I just rattled them? them off. No, <laughs> not one. <laughs> okay, I uh, now I can't remember if we interviewed Elmore or Patsy either. It seems like they offered us the chance. You know what it was? Here's what it was. And how we and Todd the Corpse, by the way, uh, Todd the Corpse uh, Workhoven. I know he he does have an actual name that we don't ever use. Uh, Todd the Corpse. So named because he played a corpse in a film one time and blah, blah, blah. He is sort of the the unofficial historian of the Rick Emerson show because he remembers way more about the show than any of us. Because by the time, by 301, it's just like a distant memory in my mental rear view. It was just a blur. Um, but I do believe the deal is this. I believe that we were sent uh, like a little fax saying like, hey, would you like to interview Elmo and Patsy, creators of Grandma Got Run Over by Reindeer? Because I remember that there was this national hue and cry when that song passed White Christmas as the best-selling Christmas song of all time. It's because White Christmas by Bing Crosby had just held the number one spot forever. And it was like about nine years ago, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. And who is out still buying copies of Grandma? Who are these people? Who goes to the store? No, 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 this shopping trip is not complete. Zing. You know, and then they pick it up, yoink, right into the shopping cart. Napsu's offering for 99 cents. Really? Mm-hmm. Is that to listen to or to purchase? That's to purchase? Purchase. All right. Um, the uh, and, and so it passed White Christmas, and there was just this whole uproar about it. And so I think the deal, though, is that we had been offered a chance to interview them last Christmas, and I was actually going to do it because I was going to try to get kind of a straight interview out of them. In other words, not to be inter- – because I hate interviewing people who are sort of in character. And don't you get the feeling that if you – like if you talk to Elmo and Patsy and if they were just left to their own inane devices, do you get the feeling the interview on there would be a lot of, you know, like it would just be – they would all both sound like Krusty the Clown. They're divorced now. Now, it, I thought it was two men. Or is that how it is in Elmo and Patsy's world? I, just, just Grandma got run over by a reindeer, has two daddies. I, I thought Elmo and Patsy, I thought Patsy was also a man. Just a minute here. No, I don't remember. Anything. I cannot believe I am spending this much time talking you about... No, they're, they're a man and a woman, Elmo and Patsy. They made four albums together before their divorce. Four albums? Mm-hmm. We should demand that they come on and sing another song. They probably hate each other. Well, that's okay. It is the holiday. What, are they, what could they possibly be making money on that's not this? Um, oh, they do an annual Christmas show. You haven't been approached to play that yet? No. No. Um, so I think we were going to interview them last year, and I was just going to sort of talk to them about the the sort of pop culture phenomenon aspect of it. Because for good or bad, it is a song that everyone on earth knows. 
And then I think we put it off and put it off, and we never scheduled it. And then I handed it off to Scotty, and like he didn't do it. And then I think the holidays came and went. So maybe this is the year when we finally interview Elmo and Patsy, Tim. Yeah, you, yeah, your, your skills probably need to be sharpened, Tim. Your, your Elmo and Patsy interviewing chops probably need to be honed a little bit. You can buy it now for $5, the 45 on eBay. Is this uh, is this an original 45? It is. Shipping costs $3, though. You know, here's the other thing about that song. Um, and there are probably other songs that fit this criteria that I can't really think of, although the the one that jumps to mind is Drift Away by Dobie Gray, which has been covered, and I don't mean by other artists, like he himself, Dobie Gray's Drift Away, which is a great song, but he himself has covered that like 800 different times, and I think it's because every time he recorded it, like somehow the record company would end up with the rights to the recording. And so he kept doing it over and over, trying to get a version of the song that he himself would own, if you go to the store and you see those, like, super rock collections, uh, you know, or, like, uh, you know, all-time party rock favorites, and it's, like, the same nine songs over and over again, and that's how it is with Christmas records, where every single Christmas compilation has Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, and I know that they themselves um, have done at least, what, I think three or four different versions of that song. That must... It, it, that is such a an, an interesting thing about American culture, and it's such a bygone time, too, that... The time in American history when you could cut one song like that and live the rest of your life on that that money. There was a flip side to that. Which is what? The puny poinsettia. Oh, I knew that, actually. Not when you asked me, but I once knew that, and then I flushed it away, thinking it was a thing I'd never be called on to know. Uh, but, I mean, you took, like that Rupert Holmes guy, the pina colada guy. I mean, he's got like, he's got like $5 billion in the bank off on that one stupid song. Uh, so, all right, well, there you go. So maybe we'll talk to Elmo and Patsy. Maybe we won't. Here's Tim Riley. What were we talking about I anyway? I have no idea. Oh, Paris Hilton. Listen to this. Paris Hilton has changed her light bulbs. So she called someone to her office and said, take a note. Okay. She's making a personal contribution to protecting the environment. I changed every light bulb in my house to energy-saving <laughs> light bulbs, and I'm buying a hybrid car right now. Uh, she says she turns off the lights, doesn't leave the TV on, or the water running when she leaves the house. Why would she leave the water running when she leaves the house anyway? I maybe... That was a thing that maybe she had the instructions backward before. Little things that people can do every day make a huge difference, says Paris. Uh, she also told a reporter she's looking for a boyfriend that knows exactly the qualities Mr. Wright should possess. Right now I'm single and looking for a nice boy. Strong immune system. He needs to be friendly, smart, and loyal. Uh-huh. All right. Well, there you go. So Paris Hilton has changed her light bulbs. Paris really is. Have you? She is the uh, the archetype of the celebrity, I think, that memorizes some talking points that like were faxed to her by a publicist that normally, and I think probably the deal is that normally publicists will fax you bullet points or talking points for your next appearance, but then it says, like, put in your own words. And I think she skips that step of the procedure because it sounds like everything she says, literally, it, it, it's like, it, 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 it's like uh, you know, it, like she just got it, um, like Michael Ovitz just sent it to her and she read it right off the page or something. Here's uh, Tim Riley. So this uh, Republican debate goes on, and Mitt Romney says no child should be left behind. Meanwhile, our celebrated cartoon chipmunks, Alvin, Simon, and Theodore, are hitting the big screen this weekend uh. for a live-action computer-animated feature Hooray! entitled oh. Album and the Chipmunks. The fictional Grammy Award-winning musical trio was created by Ross Bagdasian, senior in 1958, and has long been a part of American pop culture. Now, he's dead, though, right? His son, Ross Jr., 
says he made the film to honor his uh, great dad. He passed away at 52, which was just inhumanely too early for someone this smart, this vital, this full of energy and humor and, and, and all the rest of that. So this was a way of having my dad around me still and being able at the same time to pay homage. He was an American master. Jesse McCartney says voicing Theodore was more difficult than one would believe. It takes a lot longer than you think. I mean, it's a pretty slow process, you, you know, when you get oh, the reading and all. You have to talk really slowly with the same intensity of a normal conversation. That does sound hard. Wow, life is tough. I'm sure a guy working at a sewage plant uh, really me, feels for uh, you, you dick. I had to pitch my voice up another five octaves. It was more like this for Theodore. Ah. I don't know how he made it through. Apparently he did. I'm sure John McCain is filled with Let's send him a fruit basket. <laughs> then we have Matthew Gray Gubbler. Apparently the name he wanted was already taken at SAG. <laughs> Matthew Gray Gubbler is asked why he was a chip. I've got a bad case of Gray Gubbler. I'm uh... providing the voice of Simon for this film. I grew up watching them every morning before it school. It sounds like the same guy. They, they made a Christmas special. No, this is uh, Simon Grubbler. Golden Eye <laughs> and this little sick boy that really sort of meant Christmas to me and my family. So when, when this opportunity arose, I almost passed out from excitement. <laughs> that is, okay, that is fantastic. The idea that this was such a plum role. The Citizen Kane of animated films that he nearly, quote, passed out from excitement. I, that's great. That's going in my uh, that's going in my mental file. Oh, by the way, Todd the Corpse, uh, unofficial historian of the Rick Emerson Show, says, Rick, I think you're right in your recollection. You had the opportunity and kind of wanted to interview Elmo and Patsy, but Tim had such a visceral reaction of disgust that you decided not to do it. Also, I believe you thought that they wouldn't understand being interviewed about something other than one song, and it would be completely uninteresting and tedious. Then you suddenly lost interest and forgot about it, much like you do about everything. He says, at least that's how it uh, went down. There you go. That sounds about right. Uh, yes. Well, when does this movie come out so I can avoid this it? weekend? Oh God! You know that means when we go to see the Walk Hard at Lloyd. Those it, kids are going to be screaming in the hallway. Lloyd Center Mall is going to because you know the Lloyd Center Mall is where they put all the kid films. All of the the films uh, for the younger set are all at Lloyd Center, and so you're the, what? <laughs> you actually just shook your head and just going to be wiping boogers all over the food court on the way to the theater. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, but thanks. You're welcome. Maybe I'll Mind stop by and get something to eat skip before the, the movie. Skip the Cajun Grill. Oh, look, capers. Uh, <laughs> skip the Cajun Grill this time. <laughs> okay. I didn't know this came with raisins. Uh, well, in any event. And, you know, the, the, here's the horrific thing. And don't get me wrong. I Most of my mall time is spent at the Lloyd Center Mall. But the theater... It's in like this nexus of hell where it, maybe that's not the ringing endorsement they were looking for. I'm sorry, they are giving us free passes to this place, which is deep within just like a big... I'm kind of scared. It's, it's not, no, you don't need to be, there's nothing to be scared of. Just be disgusted. That'll be, that's sufficient. Um, you've been to the Lloyd Center just Mall. Bar well, I've, I've spent hours in the food court literally just watching the 15-year-old pregnant girls interact with each other. Totally. Eating, like shoving their faces 15 year old, 15-year-old pregnant girl with like an open Raiders hoodie jacket, yeah. like down to the floor. Yeah. You have time to answer questions in the survey. Okay, let me ask you about that, Tim. Uh, I never do. Okay, but here's the thing. So I That's why I don't go there. Lara and I, you know, this is both local and relatable. Uh, so Lara and I were at the mall. The other day, oh, I think this is actually, this might actually have been the day we took Max to get his picture taken with Santa. Um, and so, um, we're, as you walk in from one of the entrances, I forget which one it is, there is that 
that uh, focus group company that has an office down there, and it's called, it's something really vague. You know, it's like Williams and Associates or whatever. Uh, but, but that is the company that sends the people out with a clipboard uh, to like, sir, do you have time to answer a few questions? And, of course, I just, you know, uh, I don't even come up with, like, I have so little respect for those guys that I, I don't even uh, fake like I can't hear them or an excuse or whatever. I just barrel on by. Sir, do you have time to, you know, I'm just on a beeline to scamps or whatever's like They've all been just released from rehab like an hour beforehand. And they kind of are kind of scratching themselves uncontrollably. Sir, do you, yeah, time to, uh, so I'm, we walk by, though, the actual little glassed-in office where that place is located, and there was, uh, I don't know, there was like five people in there sitting down, filling out the forms. Five people uh, whom, whom they had suckered into, like, taking the survey. And this is, as you might imagine, every one of them, uh, a, a mother of some kind, uh, holding either a baby or like with a stroller in front of them. So I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're single moms, married moms, attached moms, what have you. Every one of them though was a trashy looking woman with a baby. Every single one of them. And and I asked, I asked Laura, I said, now what is the deal? Like are those, like are they just bored? Like, is that the thing? Like, it just, it was a few hours before Wheel comes on, and so they just thought they'd come here and fill out a survey form? And Laura said that they get paid, like, 20 bucks to take that survey. Do you know if that's true? No, I don't. Because why? I mean, they must be given something, right? Because otherwise they would just, I mean, otherwise they'd just be hanging out in front of that store that just sells baseball hats. I mean, it's, I mean, but, but there was, like, five moms in there sitting down, filling out the clipboard form inside the little survey company's office. And I said, well, nobody ever says yes to the survey taker. And there's five women in there. And I was like, yeah, well, they, they give you like 20, 25 bucks to do that. They give you a baby. And I, or maybe they, maybe they just agree to take your baby. Um, well, then you and I should totally have a field trip to Lloyd Center once a week and go and make 25 bucks. Can we please? Well, and how sad is this? I'm so acclimated to working in radio sure. that my, my immediate reaction, because I've spent all my life working in this miserable industry, was to say, $25? I'm there, and it, and 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 I said, and here's a question I really don't know, and maybe somebody can answer this. So my question is, how do I say this? Look, not like we're the sharpest knives in the drawer, but you take a good long look at those like moms in there holding their their, their babies, just like sitting there, you know, like and it's like. You know, slurpy stains on one hand and like nicorette stains, you know, on the other, and 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 you know, filling out the form. And it, you know that just like that certainly can't be the most desirable demographic. Look, we're looking for single moms who hang out at the mall all day. That's who we want to target our products at. Um, we're looking for people whose only disposable income comes in the form of unused credit on their Oregon Trail card. So. It, and so I, I told Laurel, I'm like, why aren't we in there, like, taking this, you know, this thing? And she's like, well, they didn't ask us. And I'm like, well, you know what? That's because we always walk by. But if when you walked through the mall, if the survey person with the clipboard said to you, hey, would you like to answer a few survey questions for $25, wouldn't you do that? Yes. How much time would if you spend? If he was waving money. What is the, if he, because when you walk by, they don't say that. They just go, sir, answer a few survey questions today. And you're like, no, F you. I got places to be. Hmm. And you walk on by. If you, when you walk by, if he said, Ma'am, answer a few questions for $25. How long, how much of your life would you give for $25, Sarah? If you just had to sit, If I wasn't in a rush and if I was just wandering around the Lloyd Center Mall. And if, it was no, if the questions were not, like, personal or invasive in any way. If it, in other words, if it was, like, maybe just generic questions about, like, your purchases or what you watch on TV or whatever. For I'd 25 like 10 bucks. 10 minutes. Okay, you, take, you give them 10 minutes for 25 bucks. Yes. 15? 
15 minutes? Yeah, cool. 15 minutes. I would. That's about the outer limit yeah. of my patience. I would give them 15 minutes. So why don't they just say that? Why don't they say, hey, 15 minutes for 25 bucks or however long it is? I'm just always worried that Scientology. No, no, no. They, uh, they don't have enough teeth. The Scientologists always have like 100 teeth. So um, let's see. Uh, what do we? Uh, and I think the Scientologists—they're just in front of the uh, Scientology place, right? I don't think they—I don't think they go anywhere else. I don't really know the answer to that. Don't mm-hmm. call and tell me. I don't care that much. Uh, well, they don't want us anyway. We're not in their income bracket. <laughs> That's true. Hi, you're on the Rick. My ticker check isn't big enough. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. This is Lauren. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hey. So as far as the whole survey things, the survey thing goes, I've done a few of those. And I've actually done one at that one, and it's, you know, anywhere between 30 minutes and, like, an hour, and uh, they'll play you, like, you know, 30 to 65, so basically, like, a buck a minute. So so it was, like, half an hour, but they gave you between 30 and 50 bucks? Yeah. I, that, the, I would and, absolutely do that. Well, it's, and the thing is, and, you know, when I was in my younger partying days, it was like, sweet, extra money. Uh, you go in... And you basically, it's like they show you just, like, all these different images. They're like, well, which one do you like better? And, you you know, you just kind of write in, like, I like figure A. <laughs> I like and, lamp. And then they give you the <laughs> – how many times would they let you go – is it like the blood donor place where they would let you go once a week? Or could you go, like, multiple times? 50 bucks actually, an hour, man. Once you're involved with the whole thing, they'll actually, you know, they'll call you up or they'll send you a letter. And you can pretty much go as often as you want. Okay, I am totally doing that. I'm. It, it is Christmas coming up, so I'm going to totally go and do that. Well, see, the best one I ever did was actually uh, they had a when they were trying to do it was some Tanqueray flavor they were bringing out. Uh-huh. I saw the friend of mine got completely <laughs> hammered for like an hour, and then you know then they paid me sixty bucks at the end of it, and so I was drunk and then I had money to go drink on. Okay, that is badass. I'm totally gonna do that. All right, thank you, sir. No problem. All right, are we going to uh, we have breaking news. We do, yes. No, uh, yeah, I got it. All right. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Here's a. What a horrible thing to say. But well done. All right. Boy, I almost want to guess. Would I ever guess it? Oh, no. Really? Is it the obvious? No, 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 no. Is no, it Alex Trebek? Trebek? All right. Here's Tim Riley with this breaking snuff watch. The gates of hell have just opened. Ike Turner is dead. Oh, my God. <laughs> really? Ike Turner apparently died in his home in San Marcos, California. Just outside of San Diego, he may have died in his sleep. Who's being slapped now, Ike? Slapped with a pitchfork. <laughs> and of course, a guy like Ike Turner dies in his sleep. Of course, he peacefully. Passed away peacefully. Passed away peacefully, surrounded by money and whores. Jesus. Meanwhile, Alex Trebek will probably die slowly and covered in fire ants. Jesus. Ike Turner dead. Really? dead. How, how old was he? I don't know. All right. It just happened. It just happened. I wonder if he. I wonder if like. I wonder if like he was punching the Grim Reaper repeatedly in the face as they as they were trying to drag him away. Come to death. No. <sighs> Let's go to Ike Turner, the official website of the father of rock and roll. And Peter Tina. His newest compilation is Rising with the Blues. It affirms his musical talents. Uh, let's see his upcoming tour dates. <laughs> First, First circle. circle. Booking. Second circle. Oh, my goodness. Third it, circle. It's, it's been emptied. <laughs> Apparently, there are none. His new compilation, Bitch, I Will Beat You Down, in mm. stores now. Oh. All right. Well, so there you go. He was 76. 76. All right. He did the... That's too Nobody long. got on his Wikipedia page yet, either. Really? Uh-huh. Are you going to put something about us? I don't know how to update it. His, his, uh, his, oh, go to the top where it says edit. Edit. edit you can page. actually... His death was first reported on 
CBS radio station, AM 970, KCMD. Right, where do I write it? Uh, there should be a little uh, section about... Uh, it would probably, it's probably wrong of me to be doing it. Never mind, I don't know. He was born in Clarksville, Mississippi, November 5th, 1931. As a teenager, he was a disc jockey on radio station WROX in Clarksdale, Mississippi. In 1951, he joined the R&B group The Kings of Rhythm. And he's also backed up by R&B artists at Sun Records in the early 50s. He was also backed by obscure R&B artists in his early years, occasionally issuing discs under his name. Not much of a singer. Both his own records and the ones he contributed to were often showcased by stinging brassy licks. That's what it says. On December... Are you editing the, uh, the I'm Wikipedia? I'm going to see if I can. Excellent. All he right. was a very bad man. <laughs> <laughs> he was a drug addict, abused his wife and children both mentally and physically. His complete dominance over her life was too much for Tina. After an unsuccessful suicide attempt, she walked out on him in 1975 with nothing more than 35 cents and a gas station credit card. It up there. So wait, hold on. Let me let me check the Wikipedia entry now. And Ike Turner, the the rumor on the street is that someone may have modified it. Let me look here. Ike, it is true though. You didn't write anything untrue. To the best of our knowledge, we were the first to report it. Oh, I didn't. Let me edit that again then. Yeah, that is, it was first reported on AM nine seventy, uh, Solid State Radio. We're not even linking, which is what which is what makes it ridiculous. Uh, let's see here. Portland, Oregon. Ah. I turn a past way in his home. He was a very bad man. That is wonderful. Can I just somebody <laughs> altered uh, my Wikipedia entry a while back, um, and they just they didn't really do anything. Like I appreciate sort of, I shouldn't say this because it encourages people to do this, but I, I appreciate sort of subtle uh, insertions into the Wikipedia entry, which are just sort of amusing, like where a guy puts something about how I spend my time raising rabbit ferrets. Right, refresh. I just did something for you. Uh, and this guy altered my Wikipedia entry, and at the end of the Wikipedia entry, he just put the words, why, hello, and that's all. Uh, let's see here, I am, I'm, this is interesting, actually, when did we report this? How long ago, what, 90 seconds ago? Yes, 90 seconds ago. This is going to be a little social experiment, actually, now, Sarah has already altered it to note that we were the first to break the news of his death. Uh, I'm going to, I'm wondering how long it'll take for his death to actually be put on here in something approaching a reputable fashion. So it was 90 seconds ago. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well done. Ah. <laughs> Did you uh, put the little final thing there as well? Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So, it, we have a timer running. So, let's assume it was two minutes ago. What time is it exactly now, Sarah? Okay. It was one eleven that we one eleven. Let's say one eleven straight up. What time is it now? One thirteen forty seven. Okay. So, it's been three minutes. I'm curious to see how long it will take. Because you know there are people rushing to Wikipedia. To do, there are people who just sit around at home. Just you know, just sitting, just chain smoking while wearing a Mrs. Roper house dress, waiting to to edit Wikipedia entries about things. So let's see here. Oh wait, it's refreshing. All right. There's something on my mind. Died. the died. Really? Oh, there it is. The died is up. So that's what. What time is it now? So that's like three and a half minutes. One fourteen twenty one. So it took three and a half minutes for his voice. Wikipedia is weird. So the the little snapshot has been updated. Yours has already been removed. Hey, I got a Turner. I barely knew her on <laughs> there for like two minutes. Excellent. Good for you, Sarah. All right. Let's, uh, hey, they, they left the um, the first part of mine. Yeah, they just took away your editorial comment.
because uh, they're humorless. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, Dale. Hi. Hey, uh, uh, do you remember that movie that uh, Angela Bassett made the, uh, the, about uh, Tina Turner? What's Love Got to Do With It? Based on the Kurt Loder book of the same name, yes. Yeah, well, a buddy of mine uh, and his friend were watching that at a bar in, like, Los Angeles or something, and his buddy started talking about, God, what a scumbag Ike Turner was. And my buddy started nudging him, going, dude, shut up. He, that's Ike Turner right there. Ike Turner was sitting right next to him <laughs> while, this, while this guy's talking out loud, talking what a scumbag yeah, he was. Yeah, you don't want to do that. He'll stab you right in the eye. I thought I thought I thought I thought that story was funny. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah, I turn to rape you in half. That All was right. really fun. I've never updated a Wikipedia entry before. Yeah, see, let alone been the first one in the entire world. And to put Turner, I barely knew her. Well done. There's your uh, ad hoc snuff watch for Wednesday. Ike Turner, freaking dead. He had it coming. Wonderful. Hanging out with Jerry Falwell as we speak. Fantastic. Hmm. What a fantastic show this is. And I've got this horrible groin injury to talk about later. Here's Tim Riley. Oh, they're going to rename the Rose Garden now. What's so funny over there? I'm sorry, someone just added on, he's the devil's bitch now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it now says, Ike Turner passed away in his home, reportedly in his sleep on December 12, 2007, period. He's the devil's bitch now. I hate to think that we have... Uh, we did not. No, there are many. I hate to think that we've encouraged Wikipedia vandalism. All right. I, I think his fate was already predetermined anyway. We really have nothing was. to do with it. It's the devil himself entering that. Uh, I'm sorry, Tim. Go ahead. They're going to rename what? What now? Uh, the Rose Garden. Uh, Paul Allen's company, Vulcan Incorporated, and the Trailblazers announced today they're looking for corporate sponsors to rename Portland's biggest arena. So maybe Cesar Chavez Garden. They hope to have a deal for the 2008-2009 season. Uh, the uh, Rose Garden host of Blazers, the Portland Lumberjacks lacrosse team, along with being one of the area's biggest concert venues. So this is, they're trying to do like a Staples Center type thing? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I wonder how much it would cost us just to have the Rose Garden named after ourselves for like a day. Oh, that'd be fun. We should find out if we can prorate it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like find out what a yearly sponsorship of the Rose Garden would be and then see if we can get it named after us for like like a day or two. Like maybe just over a weekend, like a good like a Friday, Saturday, something kind of thing. All right, here's, or middle of the week. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Those are probably the cheaper days, actually. Really, that's this, what I was thinking. By the way, this is interesting. I am following this. The devil's bitch thing has already gone off of Wikipedia too. Oh, you know that there's just some house frau just sitting there, just angrily removing all of these augmentations. I'll the fix page. them. I I'll, knew this would happen. I'll fix them. I'll fix them. The booby doctor is just sitting in front of sitting in front of Wikipedia, adding things, and then there's some joyless uh, prigs sitting in front of their computers trying to remove them. All right, all right, here you go. Here's Tim Riley. Well, imagine this: a lock of John Lennon's hair has sold for forty-eight thousand dollars at an auction of Beatles memorabilia connected by the band's hairdresser. The hair inside an autographed copy of John Lennon's book, A Spaniard in the Wind, or Spaniard in the Works. Uh, sold Spaniard to a, in the wind. Sold to an unnamed uh, telephone bidder. <laughs> the auction house has estimated the hair would sell for 4000 to 6000 not 48000 Uh Lennon gave the book and a lock of his hair to Betty Glasgow, the fabulous forest hairdresser, during their heyday. He wrote in the book, To Betty, lots of love and hair. John Lennon. What a wit. All right. Every child born in the state of Maine will be eligible for a $500 college savings nest egg. Thanks to the generosity of a shoe company founder who never went to college himself. This was started by Harold Alphon, the late founder of the Dexter Shoe Company. 
It'll give new parents an opportunity to sign up for a $500 down payment for their young son or daughter's college education. If the investment grows at a rate of 8% a year, it'll be worth $2,000 in 18 years. That'll buy you a whole lot of nothing. Uh, by the way, the Ike, the Ike Turner Wikipedia entry has been updated again. It now says, died in his sleep December 12, 2007. Thank God. Oh, this is wonderful. I'm going to watch this all day. Signed, Tina Turner. This is, see, now I don't even know what's real in here and what's not. How about this? In his 2001 autobiography, he stated, quote, Sure, I slapped Tina. There have been times when I punched her to the ground, but I never beat her. That sounds like something he would say, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. All right, when not angrily shoving wedding cake into her nose. Uh, let's do uh, one more, and then we'll break so Sarah can use the bathroom. Thank you. You know, I hear that they have these diapers that you can just wrap your area in. Here's Tim Riley. Somebody who used that bathroom earlier should have used one. Somebody here just isn't properly toilet. Are you talking about the um, the middle one? The unisex? Yeah. Oh, Ew, no, no. I never go in that I went, one. No, no, no. I was going to use that one this morning. And mm -hmm. I walked in, and it was another, like we had a couple weeks ago, where I walk in, and I look mm -hmm. at it, and I went, no. And then I just walked back. I just closed the door and walked back out, and uh, it just decided to I, I think we should put it the, the pens dispenser in there. You know, or, or at least, like, you know, there should be some sort of, like, basic competency test you should have to pass before you're allowed to use that bathroom. Mm -hmm. Or maybe just newspaper on the floor. Hmm? Uh, let's do uh, one more. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Well, let's see what else we have here. Uh, Charles de Gaulle Airport was hit with crowded flights, long lines, and intense security when Paris Hilton arrived with 15 pieces of luggage. The shopper proves she just can't throw out her clothes after one wearing when she showed up in Paris, that's in France, with over a dozen suitcases by... There was just enough for the ex-con heiress to get through the window, through the weekend, rather. Where is Louis Vuitton when you need him? Asked the story. So here are all her uh, bags lined up at the airport. It's a pity she never met Ike Turner. Oh, that's true, too. I mean, they well, she is looking for someone, but it's too late now. They would have gotten along, is all I'm saying, and he would have taken an interest in her career. That is true. Hi, Sarah. We'll take a break now so you can use the bathroom. Don't use the middle one. Don't, yeah, stay away from that. You don't want to do that. All right, back after this, coming up, top five drive songs, the 25 worst television programs of all time. Rachel McGrath, you say this is the Rick Emerson Show. I love it when famous people die, typically speaking. I'm saying as a journalist... You know what I'm talking about. All right. Uh, so, yeah, Ike Turner, dead. Yeah, it's going to be I'm, any second now they're going to lock this Wikipedia page. Oh, someone changed the date. I guess he died yesterday. Yeah. And that says December 11th. And I've already seen three different <laughs> somebody putting the Turner. I barely knew her back in there. Which we don't advocate. Don't promote that, endorse that, or encourage that in any way. All right, it's 503 uh, 503-733-2970. Coming up, we got Mr. Skin here in just a few. Uh, we'll do the uh, top five, top five drive songs later on. We'll talk about the 25 worst television programs. Talk to Rachel McGrath. Uh, this terrible groin injury story. But in the meantime... Uh, by the way, this, this person says, when I was 10, I took one of those surveys at the mall and had to watch ads for half an hour. I got $10, and that was 20 years ago. See, that's got to Well, that, Lauren was saying... For half an hour, $10? But that was uh, 10 years ago. Uh, Lauren was saying that they were paying him basically a buck a minute. That at one point, they did a survey that was an hour long, but they gave him 60 bucks. 
That's actually not. I'm telling you, man. I totally just found my after work second job. I was, I was just gonna say, and you. I mean, and we are, you know. Uh, we're, uh, you know, maybe a cut or two sharper than the average moron, and I've seen the people who are in there taking those surveys most of the time. Let's, I mean, come on. Uh, hello, Richie Bristol. Hello. Thank you for sending the photograph of yourself, by the way, looking, and, and I thank you for striking the Run DMC pose when you were taking it. Yes, it looked tough. Uh, so we'll talk to Mr. Skin here in just a few. Uh, please now to be telling me the exciting guest news that you just could not wait to share with you. You burst in as soon as we went to break. Oh, uh, we have Mr. Elmo, Dr. Elmo, uh, tomorrow at 2 p.m.? Is that uh, is he the Elmo and Patsy Elmos? Well, no, I, I said Patsy and the lady might be dating him. I don't know because she got kind of upset. She was like, "No, they broke up like twenty years ago." Oh man, do you suppose? Oh, do you suppose boy. that the Booker is the new uh, Mrs. Elmo? Yeah. So and it's a whole lot of it. She is out of the picture, like uh, a long time ago. So let me. What is tomorrow? Thursday. Yeah. Something? Well, we we're having storm in. We're having storm in. Tomorrow's also ass day. Yeah, but that's after the show. Um, I, you mean Friday? Yeah, Friday is what I meant to say. Yes, thank you. Good catch, Richie. Uh, so this it would be tomorrow. I can do I can do ten minutes with Doctor Elmo, then I can check it off the list of you know the, things that you never wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> things I never wanted to do that will drive Tim insane. I can I can do ten minutes with anybody. They got, um, they got new songs. I sent them. I sent you. A really? Link. Do they? They got a rap of Grandma got oh, ran please. over. Yeah, a rap. Did you Do you have the link for this, Sarah? There's like five links. Yes, he sent me a bunch of links. Please tell me that you Should can download the the rap version of Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. I have to hear that Where's right now. The, which one's the rap? Okay, there it is. I have to. This is... And yes, thank you to the person who subtly altered my Wikipedia entry with the phrase, Is this me? Uh, okay, please... Do we know that? Grandma it? got run over by a reindeer. Yo, Mizzle, duck the ring, Mizzle. Walking home. Please pause this now. Jesus Christ, really? Yeah. Have you listened to this? No. I mean, I'm asking this. It can't possibly contain profanity. There's no way that it would contain profanity. Because no, they're banking on they're banking on radio. Did she give you these links to play? Yes. All right. Okay. What is the what is the uh, does it say what the URL is? Is it like DrElmo.com or something? DrElmo.com. Dr. Elmo. Okay, we have to play this, and then we'll talk to Mr. Skin here in just a second. But can I tell you, can you, you can tell, and then we'll go back. How long is this song? I, I don't know. It's a quick time. It doesn't say. Jesus. Because you can tell they've just taken his original recording and just slowed it down to syncopate it with the rhythm. Like, you can tell that there's nothing new there except for whoever it is doing the little rapping in the background. All right, let's start that again. That's, All right. That's wonderful. Ten nine or nine or nine, we have a grandma down. Possible DOA on MLK in OA. Why's it gotta be on MLK? Right away. Okay. I'm offended by that. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Yo, missile. Duck the ring, Dizzle. Walking home from our house Christmas Eve. Swinging on the side. She should have pimped a ride. You can say there's no really? such thing as Santa. But as for me and Grandpa, wow. oh boy. <laughs> I'm going to go out. She went back to Crackaboo, which I told her not to do. She forgot to pop her meds. Now we got to phone the feds. Hold on, pumpkin. Go back to your pumpkin. We found the quantum. Wow. Boy, she was the beauty. Footprints on her hooters and bruises on her booty. Are you kidding? Are you kidding me? <laughs> this has to be the new girlfriend. We know you. Come on, good thing. Hey, oh, grandma, girl. 
Are you kidding me? Now, Grandma, you eulogize. You don't got the freezer. It's time to organize. Booyah. I am so ashamed for all of us. Everybody wearing black. And we're asking, should we open up our gifts or send them back? Sell them on eBay. Now the goose is on the table. You know what I'm saying? I wish I was dead. Stop saying you know what I'm saying. And the middle dude's silver tinsel. You know what I'm saying. That would just have matched the hair in Grandma's Grandma turned him blue and we're eating barbecue. Grandma was no fool. She was getting all her wishes. She got to lie around while we all did the dishes. Yo, fry me up some fruitcake. Now I warned all my homies better watch out for yourselves. They should never give a license to a dude who plays with elves. The ranger was the winning. Santa's sleigh was flashing. The rims were still a spinning. Sirens were a blaring. Santa was a napping. Grandma was a swearing. And Rudolph was a crapping. Grandma got run I... over by a ranger. Can you say that? I... What? And Rudolph was a walking home from our house Christmas Eve. He thinks he can sing. Boy, ain't no bing. You can say there's no There's so much going on here. I feel like I'm having a stroke. Since he's been in style. But as for me and Grandpa. I think this is what it feels like to have Tourette's here. This city every year. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. I think I'm going to Walking home from our crib Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah. You can say there's no such thing as Santa. Mary, Mariah, Carey. But as for me and Grandpa, we believe. Got a Christmas Eve. Wow. <laughs> I, uh, I'm really, I think we're all speechless. He's going to make money off this? No. I don't, I have <laughs> let's, to let's, see. Let's not peddle that fiction. I, I've um, got to find out right now who the guy is rapping with him. That's, but see, aren't you more interested in him? Yes. Like, how? Like what low point of your career have you reached? <laughs> yes, seriously. Are you doing this? I, I, and don't you want to hear that guy's other recordings to hear like what he really tried to do, like as his own sort of art, before he was forced to do this to pay the bills? I mean, do you think he even, do you think he even paused to contemplate before he took that gig? Like when I said, look, we want you to come rap on the worst thing that's ever been recorded. Do you suppose he had to think about it, or if he was just so desperate? But he, yes. I don't know. Wow, the doctor. Wow. Please tell me that he's given himself a, a sort of a, a, an exotic hip-hop name for this, like a MC Elmo. The D-R-E. Dre. Dr. The, e. The Elmo. The, he's the he's Dr. E. Oh, D-R-E. Dr. L. You know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> boy, that hurt my soul. Okay. Uh, call Mr. Yeah, why don't you call Skin? We'll do that, and then we'll, uh... Jesus. Wow. Yeah. I uh, I honestly don't. I don't know how to feel about any of this. That was genius. <sighs> yeah, I'm. I'm. Oh wait. Oh, they have I'm a YouTube without... video of it. Uh, oh, <laughs> la, la, la. Really? Really? Yeah. Honestly? Well, then they have to show the guys. Oh no, it's a cartoon. Yeah. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. I I honestly don't even. Let's just. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. 
Yeah, oh my... I'd like to point out that I think uh, Tim Riley and Elmo sound similar. Tim Riley and who? Elmo. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so here's the links they've sent us. They've sent us. Are you kidding me? Listen, listen to just. I mean, I guess if you got one thing, you just ring it for all you can. So there's the Grandma Got Run Over by Radio Rap, which we just played. There is Grandma's Killer Fruitcake. There is the original Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. And then they've sent us Santa's email from Nigeria. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from MrSkin.com, the online celebrity nudity database, our good friend, Mr. Skin. Hello, sir. Hey, Rick. How's it going? Uh, it's, it's going well. Uh, let me just tell you this. If somebody ever asks you if you want to hear the rap version of Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, <laughs> you should kick that person squarely in the groin and then stab your own ears out with knitting needles so you don't even hear it accidentally. Sounds good. Oh, Jesus. So what's going on in the, in the world of Mr. Skin? Well, I put a list together for you. I have uh, my top 20 nude scenes of 2007 at MrSkin.com looking at the... Uh, uh, what I consider the best uh, of female nudity for the year, and I thought I'd do the rundown, the top five for Excellent. you and your listeners. Uh, let me start with number five uh, from the movie uh, Factory Girl, Sienna Miller, naked in the bathtub at the 21-minute mark. She, of course, was married to Jude Law until he started having sex with a nanny, but uh, uh, let's not let hold that against her. She uh, looks great nude in Factory Girl. It happens at the 21-minute mark. That's my fifth best nude scene of the year. My fourth is from a movie called Black Snake Moan, where Christina Ricci uh, exposes breasts 22 minutes in. Samuel L. Jackson plays a backwoods bluesman who tries to save the soul of this young girl who is on drugs and having lots of sex, and he unfortunately has to do so by tying her to a radiator. But uh, she is naked quite a bit, and uh, good nudity from Christina Ricci in Black Snake Moan. Excellent. My third favorite nude scene of 2007 is from a 15-minute Wes Anderson movie uh, short called Hotel Chevalier. And Natalie Portman, all you Star Wars fans out there, rejoice. She shows her butt eight minutes into this 15-minute movie short, which was in theaters in October. It'll be out on DVD uh, later this year as part of the uh, Darjeeling Limited uh, movie. It'll be a bonus uh, extra on that disc. But... Uh, Natalie Portman, Naked in Hotel Chevalier, number three. My second favorite nude scene of the year, I don't know if you know this girl, Rick, but you should get to know her name's Keely Hazel. She's a page three UK uh, pinup girl who is not only 21 and gorgeous, but has 32E natural breasts. And, Good uh, Lord. Yeah, and showed them in a movie called Cashback, which, which was here in the U.S. July 20th it opened, and she's in the supermarket topless and i note to self yeah i was gonna say uh well note to self the melon section never looks better so keely hazel and cashback number two but of all the nudity i saw this year uh of all the uh things you know i checked out what i considered the best uh the best of the breast was marissa tomei and before the devil knows you're dead it's a movie that's still in theaters uh it'll be out on dvd next year and uh 14 minutes in she's naked four times in this rick but uh, 14 minutes in, she is uh, topless in the kitchen, and uh, uh, her cousin Vinny's are outstanding, and she's over 40. So picture uh, winning best nude scene, and you're over 40. A rarity, but uh, she earned it, and she looks great. She and, still is unbelievably hot. Yeah, she's really beautiful, and uh, this is really good nude scene. I think 
when people, when this comes out on DVD, I don't know how many people actually went to the theater to see this film, but when it comes out on DVD, I hope the honor of winning Best Nude Scene will help drive uh, sales of the disc, we're uh, hoping. Uh, just before we go, I don't know if you saw this, this was reported in uh, AZ Central this morning, reported that uh, Jessica Simpson is on the verge of accepting a movie role in which she will have uh, full frontal nudity. Yes, well, Rick, I, I am often asked, what is the actress that I that has never been naked that I most want to see nude and I always say Jessica Simpson so this is a uh, big news for me I'm anxiously awaiting we'll see what happens excellent all right always a pleasure my friend we'll talk to you next week take care Rick. mr. skin from mr. skin.com fantastic all right you know you know what it's like when uh, you uh, maybe you stub your toe or you get you know you whack something somehow and it sort of numbs up for a while that's kind of how my ears and brain still feel after having heard that song Hang what song? Really, even trying to pinpoint the worst moment in this recording is difficult. It's the it's the lady singing about I ain't a hoe. Or him saying, you know what I'm saying. Please stop. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, it's Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth... This is Tim Riley. NBC is set February 17th as a premiere date for the two-hour Knight Rider revamp and has announced that Will Arnett of Arrested Development will provide the voice of Kit. Really? Yes. Now, is it done? Is it sort of being done straightforward, or is it like a, is it like everything where it's sort of done like tongue-in-cheek? Is it like a, like as a gag? Uh, let's see here. It'll have some transformers like shape-shifting abilities. <laughs> This is, uh, the car is a Ford Mustang Shelby. The Kit Attack, a high-speed version of the Hero Car, and a Kit Remote, a driver's version, will also be there. David Bardis will be in it. He's from the OC. Doug Lyman of the Board Identity will serve as executive producers. NBC has ordered Ryder as a standalone movie. They'll gauge viewer reaction to the event and decide whether to order a full Ryder series. Haunting this plan, the Bionic Woman, NBC's other revamp of the action series that premiered this season. Apparently, that was a disaster, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ike Turner is still dead. Excellent. A teenager who said he convinced the White House he was Iceland's president managed to schedule a call with George W. Bush's secretary. Apparently, the call was transferred a few times before he got the secretary. He managed to book a call and to meet with Bush the following Monday evening. He posed as his Icelandic president. Olga Ragnar Grisman. <laughs> well, really, honestly, how would you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, who knows what the Icelandic president even sounds like at this point? Have you heard Bjork? They all sound like aliens. Well, the Icelandic police turned up at his door two days later and took him in for questioning. They told me the CIA called and asked how he got the number. The teenager said he was unable to recall where he discovered the telephone number for the White House. I know I've had it on my phone at least four years now, and his Icelandic friend gave it to him, and he doesn't remember who the Icelandic friend is. It's like everything over there was just done with the remnants of, like, like the final dregs of a grab bag of Scrabble letters that nobody could make anything. Are you Gurgnock Ricknavik? Yes. All right, come with us. It's like a bunch of letters that have the Z with, like, an umlaut and the O with a line through it. Uh, this email says, Rick... In about 24 hours, if we listen very carefully, we'll be able to take the low, take a 45 to the face as he hears the state of hip-hop today. Sweet holy Christ. Jesus. That was really, like, unbelievably bad. Like, I, I mean, it was bad at the very beginning, and I sort of thought it had reached the very bottom, like the low, lowest rock later, and then it just continued to become more and more awful. Also, Susan Reynolds, CBS Radio Portland Marketing Guru, wants us to know, 
Focus groups pay between $25 and $50 per an hour, and the CBS focus groups have food. All right, here's Tim Riley. Do they? Where are they held? You know, I don't really know the answer to that because we don't do them here at the station. This okay. station does not... Uh, we are the focus group, unfortunately. We're in the, focus. The three, the three of us are the focus group. We require no further focusing. No, of course not. Time for Britney Watch. Jesus. All right. Sick, y'all. That's Britney's excuse. According to Cape attorney Mark Vincent Kaplan, Britney Spears has some sort of medical condition or illness that prevented her from showing up for today's court-ordered deposition. As for when another deposition will happen, Kaplan won't say. He did say he will seek some sort of relief from the court. Everybody's upset. One source also says she's sick. Sick with anxiety. That story continues to develop. Meanwhile, part two... Britney Spears' stout body has compelled an American... stump body? Stout? Stout. Stout. Okay. S-T-O-U-T. Yeah, you say the motto. An American magazine, uh, let's see, to find a body double for the cover of their magazine. Blender magazine wanted to replicate a Burt Stern picture of Marilyn Monroe in bed, but the boss who feared the trouble singer was too overweight. Now they want to merge a model slender body with Britney's head. The magazine bosses have taken out an advertisement in the publication asking for Britney body doubles. How sad is that? The ad reads, We are casting for Britney Spears body double. You must have shoulders to medium-length blonde hair. The person must also be in shape. Your face will not be shown. Well, you know, well, Jason Crump has already... We were talking about that the blender photo of her in France. Or Maxim, I guess. I guess it's the French, French Maxim. And, and Jason Crump was looking at it, and he's, you know, the photographer by trade. And he, was, he said that's absolutely not her body. He pointed out that it's her face, but that it's her face that has been, in his opinion, has been put onto someone else's body. Which sounds exactly, which makes a lot more sense now that we that Blender is openly advertising for a Britney Spears body double for this. And that's the sort of thing I'm guaranteeing you that they will put out a press statement denying, but which is real. Uh, I'll guarantee you that, that this is a real story. They will subsequently deny it, but it's real. There's just no doubt about that. Part three. This one's hard to believe, too. Britney Spears is up for a role as the Virgin Mary. The 26-year-old singer is in secret talks to play the Blessed Virgin in a modeling, uh, model retelling of the nativity story called Sweet Baby Jesus. <laughs> Britney will play uh, the pregnant 19-year-old Mary, who, unsure of the baby's paternity, goes into labor on Christmas Eve in Bethlehem, Maryland. She goes into labor on Christmas Eve really? in Bethlehem, Maryland, amid rumors of a second coming. Uh, French director Philippe Rubin confirmed that Britney is currently considering the script. I had to convince my partners because they were like, oh, no, Britney. Uh, but I thought it was brilliant. It's immaculate, y'all. All right. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, that is that the Britney watch? That is the There's Britney, your watch, Britney yeah. watch for us. I feel like that Elmo rap song has just ruined my brain for today. That's why I left the room. I feel like it's a low point from which we can never come back. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So what would you all rather hear? We have a horrific groin injury or the top five. Groin injury and the top five. It is Christmas. Well, it's your... Do you want both, it is Tim? Season, would right. you like to have your cake and eat it, too? Yes. So to speak. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll do the groin injury first. Right. Uh, this is, by the way, this is not in competition for... It's uh, for the, uh, uh, the second worst story in the history of all humanity. It is, uh, again, not in competition for that. Because it's, quite, it's not quite bad enough. It's not quite awful enough uh, to, you know, to measure for the guy with the leaking legs. But it is pretty bad. So we'll read this, then we'll do the top five. This is from uh, Shreveport. This starts out like they all do. Blake Franklin thought everything was going fine in Friday's boxing match against Nick Reed. I get, Oh, no, I'm sorry, in mixed martial arts. Going fine early in Friday's fight against Nick Reed. However, a sudden kick to the groin sent the Shreveporter into a world of hurt and altered his next several hours and his future in mixed martial arts. Blake Franklin has emergency surgery scheduled at Christus Schumpert Highland to repair, quote, phrase of the day, a ruptured testicle. The two-and-a-half-hour procedure, all I guess they've done this, was successful, but he lost 70% of the testicle. The hits just keep on coming. My testicle was the size of my hand, Franklin told the Times on Saturday. The doctor said I took, you'll pardon the pun, a direct blow equivalent to... A hundred mile an hour fastball, right to my scrotum. The first round right kick took Franklin, who fared very well in the opening stand-up portion of the fight, down. However, it wasn't long before he was forced to tap out. He said, I dropped immediately and began vomiting. I threw up in my mouth and couldn't breathe. I was drowning in my own vomit. I'd love a rematch. Here's your top five for, uh... Five, four, three, two, one, fire! Counting is wonderful, counting is marvelous, counting's the best thing to do. Counting is happiness, counting is ecstasy, I love to count, don't you? Ladies and gentlemen, here is Tim Riley with today's Top 5. And as Eastside commuters suffer through miserable, unforgiving traffic during their daily commute, we pause to reflect upon the car, the road, and the drive. These are the Top 5 Drive Songs. Number 5, Britney Spears, you drive me crazy. I don't really know what I was thinking when I put this together. I Like two days ago, I did this list. I don't really know why I put this on here. You love Britney Spears. I do love this song. Well, look, I'll be honest. I actually couldn't come up with a sixth one. Normally, we do an honorable mention. Uh, I was going to point out something that is not on here. Oh, she drives me crazy with the Fun Young Cannibals is not on this list. Uh, what are you... I don't like that song. Yeah, no, it's a terrible song. No. Um, I do kind of like this song. I think I've just had a little bit of a Britney overdose today because of all the, uh, the you know, the everything. This is a great video, though. You know, and the thing is, I think in my brain, like you hear about people who um, undergo some sort of torture or, you know, they're in prison or they have they undergo extremely adverse circumstances and their brain sort of partitions itself out and they just have this, their brain begins to suspend belief, uh, disbelief about certain things. In other words, your brain just sort of creates a fiction to protect itself. I think in my head, I have just determined this person and the Britney in the news now are two different people. 
Because if you see this video even now, she is just unbelievably hot in this video. Um, it's just, I, I mean, and hot and slutty all at once. And it just, just really scorchingly beautiful. And it's just so impossible for my brain to resolve that Britney in the video for this song with the Britney now. Oh, by the way, did you hear the thing they're doing with the new Britney video? Oh. She, she's apparently so unbelievably cow-like and ugly at this point that they are actually recruiting... But she's not. She's thin. She's really thin. I'm, okay, but the ugly part, you can't... You can't get around. The ugly part, no, no. She shoves her face full of, like, Frappuccinos and Cheetos And all I'm day. not saying she's fat, like, in the strictest sense, but I'm saying according to the way they need her to look for this. I mean, she's fat like Jennifer Love Hewitt's fat at this point, which is, you know, by Hollywood standards. So the record company is so mortified by how she looks, they are recruiting fans to create the video for her next song, for Peace of Me. And get this, the catch for the next video is it must be made entirely out of pre-existing footage. So there you go. I'm not saying she's fat like, what is it, Kaiser Sose said, like orca fat. Um, but I'm just saying, she's not the video that they're trying, the, the, the Britney they're trying to market in a video at this point. And plus she looks all blotchy and flabby. There's no getting around that. So yeah, so the new video for Britney is going to have just, it's just going to be made of totally pre-existing footage. This is a great song though. Uh, these are the top five drive songs. And uh, speaking of the brain... The daughter of the singer just underwent a brain surgery operation. Here's Johnny Cash at number four in Drive On. Wait, what? Roseanne Cash underwent a oh, brain surgery. I thought surgery. you meant uh, Britney's. Okay, no. this is um, this is uh, Johnny Cash. So wait, so Roseanne Cash just underwent brain surgery? Well, yeah. All right. Right in the brain. Mm -hmm. She's operated on. Right in the brain. I think my country got a little off track. Took them 25 years to welcome me back. This is from, I think, this particular recording. This was from, like, 93, 94, kind of before his voice really started to falter. And even now, every time I dream, I hear the men and the monkeys in the jungle scream. Drive on. It don't mean nothing. My children love me, but they don't understand. And I got a woman who knows her man. Drive on. It don't mean nothing. It don't mean nothing. Drive on. Kind of top five drive songs. Number three, The Runaways. You drive me wild. The Runaways. Uh, the Runaways, of course, most famous for producing both, one band that produced both Lita Ford and Joan Jett. And then some other people who I forget about at the moment. I don't know how old they were. I think they were all like 18 or something. Because I think it was when she was on tour with the Runaways that Joan Jett got banned from traveling to Europe because she stole a hairdryer out of her hotel room. Top five drive songs. And number two, it's Sammy Hagar and I Can't Drive 55. Boy, I really uh, I don't care for the song much anymore, but it had to be on the list where I was going to get lynched by every guy out there. This used to be Dennis Pittenberger's I was going to say, Dennis would come in and just shoot me in the head if I didn't play this. I mean, you got to give it to Sammy Hagar for writing what must be termed an instant classic. I mean, it's probably being played right now on Classic. In every KLOS-type station across the country, this is being played. Jim Ladd is probably getting ready to play this as we speak. Oh, Jim Ladd. 
Have you ever been to L.A. and heard him on the radio? Yeah. No. It's pretty weird, actually. Yeah. Maybe that's another book for the Rick Emerson Book Club. Radio Waves. I think it might be out of print. Yeah, it is oh. out of print. Is it out of print? Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, I'm lucky book. I own it. Then. Yeah, me too. So, yeah, I don't think you can find it anymore. Did you? Buy, I think you bought that for me for my birthday one year. I might have, yeah. I think you probably get it on God, the that's eBay. that's an amazing and depressing book. Radio Waves. Radio Waves by Jim Ladd. Life and Revolution on the FM dial. Uh, probably the most accurate depiction of radio that I have ever read, seen, watched anything. It's weird, though. You go to, After reading the book, you go to L.A. and you hear him on um, on KLOS. The Jim Ladd. It's pretty weird. Still got a golden voice, though. Fantastic voice. Yeah, I'm really through with the song. Give me the top five drive songs of all time. Number one, R.E.M. and Drive. This is the best R.E.M. song ever recorded, in my opinion. This is just such a haunting, amazing song. And I'm not like the world's biggest R.E.M. fan, but goddamn, this is a great song. Smash, I mean, this is this is the lead track from Automatic for the People. And they put this out at the height of the grunge era when everybody was expecting a loud record. And they put up this really quiet record. Nobody tells you where to go. And by dint of putting out a, a quiet record, it really stood out, and it holds up even now. What if I ride? What if you walk? What if you walk around the clock? And for such a quiet song, it sounds really apocalyptic to me. It always has. What if you did? What if you walk? What if you try to get off? I don't even know what this song is about, but it just sounds alternately powerful and terrifying. After this, uh, Rachel McGrath coming up. More from Tim Riley and the 25 worst television programs of all time. We'll talk about that. You stay there. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Hey, hey, no idea. Look at those lovely screen captures of the Wikipedia entry. Well done. Person who I will not name. Uh, hi, hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program coming up here in just a skosh. We will talk to uh, CNN Radio correspondent Rachel McGrath uh, talking about uh, Alex Trebek. And maybe I turn. Where did he die? Was it in L.A.? I forget exactly where. Not Alex Trebek. I, I turn. I know, but where did I turn or die? I think it was right outside of L.A. Oh, so she might be talking about that as well. Okay. The, Fantastic. Um, Sudden is home in San Marcos, California, right. outside, of, outside of San Diego. Never mind. Okay, so she she might have something to say about that. Uh, let's see here, and then we'll uh, and then we're going to talk to uh, is it is it uh, is it Warren? That's the guy's name. Is it? Am I right about that? Warren Walter? Wawa? Talking to the screen. Uh, is it the, the, the guy? I, I want to call him. I want to say Warren, but I'm uh, the well, Wallace. That's right, Wallace. Okay, as in they will never take off freedom. 
Uh, Wallace was at the Zeppelin show in London. Uh, so the listener Wallace was at the Zeppelin show. So we're going to get uh, his thoughts on that in here in just a few. Uh, let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey. Hello. What's up, Rick? Hey, what's up? Oh, not much. I was just calling to ask if you've heard of that show. Um, it's that bionic, that uh, new Sarah Connor. Oh, the Sarah Terminator. Connor. The Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I know that it's going to exist or that they're doing it. I don't know. I heard I, something about it, but I'm. I don't really know. Here. I don't really know anything about it uh, at this point. Uh, if you're going to be listening for a while, I know that Court and Fatboy are going to be in the studio later on today because they're going to be uh-huh. uh, they're going to be pimping uh, the Office, which is ha- happening tonight at the Mission Theater. And I should mention that as well, by the way. If you're a fan of the original British series, The Office, we're going to be showing that tonight for free at the Mission Theater tonight, ten a. Uh, 10 p.m., three episodes, uh, free admission at the Mission Theater tonight. So anyway, Court and Fatboy will be in the studio later today with us. And I know Fatboy will know about the Sarah Connor Chronicles. So be listening this hour. We'll yeah. have an explanation on that. And then I got a, a nickname for Richie. Okay. Richie no knows. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye now. Richie no knows. That's like his mafia name. You know, like Vinny the Chin. Oh, okay. Johnny No-Lips. Yeah, he's typed wah-wah. I see. Uh, we'll get this, and then Rachel McGrath. You know, we're like, uh, 32 times, or whatever that guy in Goodfellas. I'm going to get the papers, get the papers. Hi, uh, Doug, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. All right. Uh, I wanted to tell you about uh, your top five. Okay, let me pull up my chair. Hold on. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Okay, uh, there's a song uh, by Jay Giles' band called Hard Driving Man. And, you know, that should have made the top five. Are you angered with me? Let me ask you this, Doug. Would you say you're more? Let me. Would you? First of all, would you say you're more angered or more disappointed in me? Uh, I'm not necessarily disappointed, but I got to add something uh, to it. But I'll just, just let me just. Uh, but I mean, would you classify your emotion more as surprise or maybe mild irritation? Uh, mild in anyway. What are we? Are we? Uh, are we drinking or smoking today? Uh, a little both. Okay. But, uh, when did, when did we start? Uh, I think it was like eleven. Yeah. <laughs> what did we? Uh, what did? What did we start drinking? Is it? Is it beer or is it liquor? Uh, went from liquor to beer. Okay. And so, what liquor did you start with? I'm sure Rachel McGrath appreciates this view into our target demographic. What? What is the liquor you started with, sir? Rum and Coke. Rum and Coke. Well done. And then you yeah. transitioned to beer later in the day. Yeah. So your liquor is more of a breakfast drink, and then beer is kind of your lunch, uh, sort of an aperitif. Right. Yeah. What is your uh, What's your final uh, thought, sir? Before we go. Oh. Okay. Well. Uh, uh, Dennis Miller yeah. made a reference to mm-hmm. uh, you know when the guy had the uh, thing in his shoe in the airplane. Yeah. And he and he was talking mm-hmm. about uh, well now uh, airport security. Really. You know if uh, this guy looks like a terrorist or something like that. He says, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's not the harmonica player in the Jay Giles band. That's a good reference, sir. All right. Uh, are you going to be moving to final? And then we have to go because uh, Rachel's waiting. Are you uh, going to be moving back to liquor as the day goes on or maybe just like loading up a little little smoke? Or what, what's going to be happening later in your home? No, no. I'm I'm just kind of winding it down. I'm uh, cooking spaghetti. That's a good idea. Is the oven on right? Is the stove on right now? Uh, are you using any knives while cooking? Uh, no, they won't let me have knives. Yeah, I would imagine that's the case. All right, we have to go. Thank you, sir. Okay, bye. Right, bye now. Who do you think they are? Or should we not even think I about think it? they are the other voices that live inside his head. I would say one of them is uh, the bad Doug. 
And I would say one of them is probably named Loretta. Uh, all right. Uh, there's really just nowhere else to go there. All right, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Ladies and gentlemen, let us now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show. CNN radio correspondent in Los Angeles. Please give a warm hello to the one and only Rachel McGrath. Hello, Rachel. Oh, you found me some music then. Yeah, how do you feel about it? Mm. Can we have something a little bit more inspiring and upbeat? <laughs> you have no idea how long I agonized over this. <laughs> well, thank you for stepping all over my dreams of, of fulfilling you. I feel like I should be running in slow motion along a cliff top or something to that music. Wait, hold on. Let me picture that right now. Just give me one second. Okay. Yeah, in a floating chiffon dress. Okay, hair, it really... hair blowing in the wind. Uh, okay, I have to tell you this. No, even if this was a failed attempt to find a music theme for you, it was all worth it just for that one stunningly appropriate image. <laughs> oh, oh, good heaven. All right. You know, I feel drunk after that last call. Just <laughs> yeah. good God almighty. <laughs> um, all right. So I've used up all of my Alex Trebek and Jeopardy puns at this point. Oh, so good. I will simply cut right to the heart of the matter. <laughs> He's still alive. It's all right. Heart of the matter, though. See, the, yes, the I, heart I of the that. matter. I was moving on. Heart attack. <laughs> all right, so Alex Trebek is, as far as his publicist let any, let, is letting anybody know, he's still alive. He's still alive. <laughs> Have they done the obligatory? Uh, he is up and joking with the doctors. Um, yes, probably. <laughs> right. Because that was that's the famous <laughs> phrase that they used about Ronald Reagan. When Ronald Reagan had been shot and was clearly just out of it for the longest time, Really, they shot Ronald Reagan, and then I swear to you, it seemed like about 14 minutes later, a press release mm -hmm. came out like he is up and joking with the surgeons. And I mean, yeah. it just so so is this? I mean, did anybody He's see resting this coming? comfortably? That's the official line. Resting comfortably, yes, is uh, on a bed of the finest satin. Uh, so is is this something that has happened to him before? I mean, does he have a history of this sort of thing, or did it just kind of come out of nowhere? I think it came out of nowhere. I have to say, I'm not a huge authority on Alex Trebek. Yeah, I really. I, I, I think it came out of nowhere, and he's he's undergoing tests and observations. All right. Well, so that, so, sorry to be so, you know, lacking in intimate knowledge. No, but. it's fine. I mean, I'm just sort of, and I am intrigued by when they use the phrase "suffered a minor heart attack." I said mm. when, when they call it a minor heart attack, a minor heart attack is always minor unless you're the person who's having it. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think John Mellencamp made that observation. Like, you know, you know, you when you have a small heart attack, I'm going to call you up and ask you if it was okay because it was just a just a small one. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so there's. I think I've wrung all of the uh, grist I can out of the Alex Trebek mill. Are you in any? Are you covering at all the uh, the recent and well deserved death of Ike Turner? Um, yes, I am. Boy, he was a bad guy. You should try he to work was. try to work the phrase "bastard" into your coverage of that <laughs> uh, as often as you can. I've already said. I've already sort of. That he was perhaps one of the most hated people in rock and roll. Yeah, really? I think that's that accurate, isn't it? It is. It is, and I got to tell you, there's some heated competition for that title. Uh, yeah, so. it's, a, it's a tough category, but I think Ike was right up there. He did manage to punch his way into the first place position. Yes. Did he have like 13 wives? Something. He claimed at one point he was married 14. Uh, four of them are known publicly. Although the weird, he at one point also claimed that he and uh, Tina Turner were never married, even though they do share the same last name and bank account at one point. But he claimed. He's like, no, we were never married. So, well, that made it all right to beat her then, yeah. I guess. And the, the the best part about this is that at one point in his book, he did say, it was either in his book or an interview, he said, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said something very close to this. He said, I may have punched her to the ground a few times, but I didn't beat her. And it is, 
interesting to look at the funhouse <laughs> mirrors that were inside of that man's head yeah. to see the Jesuit parsing of the language it requires to then look at himself and decide that he is not, in fact, a beater of, of Tina Turner. Yeah, so, uh, absolutely. Well, there you go. So uh, right now there's, you know, he's being spoken to by somebody with a very sharp stick. So that, you know, so sometimes, sometimes, uh, you know, miracles do happen. So. Yeah, do you think he's feeling a little warm and toasty? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, he and Jerry Falwell are uh, swapping limericks while being roasted over a spit right now. <laughs> I'm going to get into so much trouble, aren't I? No, no, no. You just bring out the worst in me. You know that. Oh, you know it's lurking right there beneath the surface. <laughs> You're just waiting. To... These are simply my observations. I am, of course, and would never ask you to weigh in on my right. uh, my ruminations about the post-mortem whereabouts of Jerry Falwell. So uh, I'm simply making the observations just to bring a little levity into your other, uh, you know, your otherwise sort of hectic day. Yeah, it is, and it is hectic because it's just like one thing after another. Too. All right. Well, you know, so there you go. So and the day's not over. So who's to say? Who's to say exactly? All right. Well, we'll get back to work on the on rounding up sort of a theme for you. I mean, we we give this one an E for effort though. How about something like Dire Straits making movies? Because you know, I'm in L.A. and something like that. Dire Straits. Okay, so maybe something that is sort of uh, L.A. or Hollywood based. L.A. or Hollywood based, but but you know not too cheesy, not like Bob Seger's Hollywood Nights no, or I something, would, but something a little bit more subtle. But. I would never subject you to anything by Bob Seger. <laughs> Dire Straits making okay, I'm going to look into that. Making all right, all right. What is your favorite Bruce Springsteen song? Um, well, can I be cheesy again? Born to Run. Oh no, there's nothing wrong with that. There is no okay. sh- there is no shame in that. Born to Run, but also I kind of like. Do you remember the river? Yes. I kind of like the titles to that. Oh, the 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 river is one of uh, that is one of the Springsteen songs, uh, and you will learn that if any sort of musical discussion will just take us down this path into the, just the darkest thickets of of just musical nattering. But uh, the river is one of the Springsteen songs that I heard that really. And I'm not like a Springsteen, Springsteen fetishist like a lot of people are, you know, people who are really just hugely into him. But I really respect uh, the hell out of Springsteen, and that song was the one that sort of made the difference for me because I heard that, and it was such a a beautifully awful portrait. It was, you know, it yeah. was sort of like this sounds weird to say, but it was sort of like this this brilliant but black and white photograph of 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 just this this awful but sort of almost beautiful horror of, of 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 kind of thwarted dreams um i heard that and then i and then i heard the nebraska album which you know is very much cut from the same cloth so uh anyway we'll get a good selection. hey we have something in common no we have many things in common <laughs> uh i too run around in a chiffon dress much of the time so just you know, so you know. <laughs> yeah clutching a rum and coke of yeah. course uh, <laughs> good callback enjoy the rest of your day rachel i will you see right, guys you go. cnn radio correspondent rachel McGrath. there you go that went good well job today hey, no look um, I'm. I really like that theme, though. I'm kind of bummed that she didn't like I it. I am bringing the mountain to Muhammad in her case. I'm. Just, I'm. I'm moving to her. So, uh, all right. Yeah, she's great. Jesus, is it 2:25? Damn you, Ike Turner and Doug. That guy was great. I really am perversely pleased that he was able to be on the be on the phone while she was waiting. All right, let's uh, let's see. Richie Bristol. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Sorry. Now I'm just gonna Richie. I don't even know what you get. Thank you. Thanks so much. Hey, so I'm kind of stoked because my, the Wikipedia entry, like, regardless of whether or not my most of it was taken down, Has that been first locked? sentence. Yeah, but the sentence that I wrote, Ike Turner died in his home reportedly in his sleep on December 12, 2007, is there. Well, because That's that mine. is accurate. Uh-huh. It is, it is uh, you know, it is uh, correct. Uh, I have actually altered 
No, I didn't want to say, but I, I have, I've done a little, a little Wikipedia editing in my, in my day, not of my own profile, because of course that's gauche. Um, but I, I have uh, on a couple different entries, uh, usually for music or for bands, um, I have edited things that I saw that, that I knew were incorrect. Because uh, Wikipedia, I'm not going to be one of those guys. Wikipedia is just a bunch of liberal garbage, you know. Did you see that? There's not God. It's, it must be embarrassing to be a conservative sometimes. And again, I don't say this out of my own, whatever. But it's just like the conservatives feel, com- especially like real hardcore extreme right wingers, feel compelled to create their own version of everything. Kind of like how um, Christians and vegans feel compelled to create their own version of anything. It's like a steak, but it's made of sawdust. There's this thing called conservopedia that's just like, you know, to counter the quote, liberal bias of Wikipedia. Um, but. Um, Wikipedia is not always accurate, but it's not always wrong. It's usually somewhere in the middle. And usually it's someone passing along something that they've just heard or believed to be true. Mm-hmm. But I've edited some entries about musicians, that things that I that I knew to be uh, to be wrong. Like I, this... I do smell Richie today. Do you smell Richie? Listen, do you smell Richie? Uh, I smell cigarettes. Yeah, that's just... That's oh. a big... Like, I can smell it as a whoosh, like yeah, a punch a... in the face. I smell cancer. Mm. Uh, hello, Richie. Hello. All right, so we come back, and we're, we're going to talk to, uh, don't make that sound. We're going to talk to uh, Wallace when we come back. Yes. And he was at the Zeppelin show in London. Yes. All right, fantastic. And then tomorrow, uh, let us now confirm, we will be talking to Dr. Elmo. Yes. Or is it Dr. Patsy? Dr. Elmo. Dr. Elmo. Excellent. Who is no longer married to Patsy. And let's not mention her to the PR person. Um, the uh, so we will be talking to him at two o'clock tomorrow. Yes, excellent, fantastic. So yeah, let's 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 uh, solidify that way. That is a go. Yes. We are go for that. Uh, and then uh, and then everything else. All right. And then walking hard Monday. Yes. Walk hard. What is the name of the movie? Walk hard. Walk hard. Uh, walk hard. Uh, that is the Monday night. Do we? Yes. <laughs> Mr. Cox. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you that? Um, you have to look at this promotional poster that Becca got for the Dewey Cox story. Where is it? There is actually, he does have one pseudo album there actually called Rocks Out. Uh, let's break, shall we? And we'll come back with Wallace with his review of the Zeppelin show, Tim Riley, and uh, other stuff. Uh, like us coming up at 3, uh, Donna Mike at 7, and so forth. These days, the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Isn't Wham? I'm pretty sure this is George Michael. Hi, it's Michael. When I was debating he... my friend on this the other day, and I'm, I think it's George Michael. I have I the worst cover Wham. of this at home, by the way. I have uh, the Spice Girls covering this. When did he put this out? Was this like around the Faith era? Because I think I wasn't aware of the song when it came out. I only heard it later and assumed it was with Wham. I, mean, I don't know when it came out, but I'm. Yeah, I had this argument with somebody. I think it's George Michael. I mean, really, drawing a, a distinction between... Well, he was always a solo act. I was just going to say this. I mean, really, drawing a distinction between Wham and George Michael is like drawing a distinction between John Fogarty and CCR. It really is like the most cosmetic of differences. It is like beyond an academic discussion. This is not a bad song at all. I like this song. Excellent. Well done. Well selected. We need to, yeah, we really Snappy. need to amp up the Christmas music. Yeah, I know. 
It's, uh, It'll I be gone before you know it. I know. I keep, I keep forgetting it. I had it. I had it all set aside at home, and then I forgot to. Uh, uh, here in just few, we'll talk to Court and Fatboy about tonight's upcoming Office Spectacular. Uh, we'll also talk to uh, listener Wallace, who is at the Zeppelin show in London. Uh, ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, he is your God now. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A man almost died on the spot from alcohol poisoning after guzzling down two pints of vodka at an airport security checkpoint. Try harder. Instead of handing it over to comply with the new carry-on rules. Oh, that is badass, really. Well, they, they prohibit passengers from carrying larger quantities of uh, liquor on the planes. I'll take it with me in my blood. And he was told he'd either have to throw the bottle of vodka away or pay a fee. So he chugged it down. Well he was done. quickly una- unable to stand and rushed to the hospital. He may die. Oh. oh. Well, he's he not dead yet. If he lives, no. we should totally have him on the show. <laughs> Completely. Or Intercom can just uh, use him in a contest. Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie are getting some recognition from a celebrity magazine. Us Weekly has named the pair Couple of the Year. Uh, Brangelina... A couple of kooks. <laughs> oh, you. Brangelina, as they're often called, kept the public's attention with the addition of their fourth child to their group. Jemima? Brangelina? I think Brangelina? I've got a bad case of Brangelina. I'm sorry, Do you have my defibrillator? So the couple of the year comes almost three years after Pitt and Jennifer Aniston called off their nearly five-year marriage. At that time, tabloid speculation blamed Jolie for the breakup. Doesn't Brangelina sound like some sort of... It's Brangelina. Like Angelina. I know, but he, the way he was saying it, it just sounded like some sort of unpleasant lady infection that you would get. Or Survivor China. Drink cranberry Survivor juice. Survivor China. Of Survivor China. Is that still on? <laughs> I believe it's the last episode of Survivor China. Coming up soon. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, darn it. I should have looked this up ahead of time. Janet Jackson's latest song is now available on the Internet. It's called Feedback. Zoot Allures. It is a dance track. It is streaming on her official website, JanetJackson.com. Saints be praised. So go look for it if you want it. No. Here's a taser watch from Spokane. Man, ta- really? Yeah. Excellent. It's all good things. Here's your taser watch. Fantastic. Here's your uh, taser watch for Wednesday. This comes to us from Spokane. Home of Miss Kitty. Yeah. Uh, a weapon that was being developed for police work is now being offered to the public. And many people are buying them as gifts for the holiday season. Tasers went on sale this month at the Sharp Shooting Range in Spokane. And a lot of men have been buying them for a safety tool for their wives and daughters. The uh, re- weapon creates a 30-second opportunity for someone you care about to get out of a dangerous situation. Spokane police officers have been using tasers for years. Now is the means to control someone who they should keep their distance, so yank one of these out and aim it at someone. The taser uses compressed nitrogen to drive a pair of probes into your target. The weapon is aimed... I'm still back on yank it out and aim it at someone. Mm-hmm, that's what it says. The weapon is aimed <laughs> with a helpful laser. nearly often enough. Well, we'll use it again later. The red dot doesn't dissuade your attacker, so within 30 seconds, a muscle-paralyzing current follows the laser to allow you to make your escape. It disables muscles. You're unable to move, and that's what makes it such a beautiful weapon. Creepy. Uh, was it Kyle that had talked about being in a, in a frat where they tased the guy until he soiled himself? I don't think Kyle went to college. No, you're right. I thought he hung out in that, that house in the hills. That's true. Like a Ferris Who? Bueller's day off. Oh, it was, what's his name? It was uh, the uh, the guy who can't stop talking about 14-year-old boys who are smooth and hairless. Big Souk. 
uh, he had um, he told that story. He came on the show and he told the story about how they tased a guy until he soiled himself, which is fantastic. All right, excellent. Well done. Uh, and uh, so forth. There's your taser watch for uh, Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Show. Joni's sending me a series of mean messages calling me stupid, saying that it was Wham and not George Michael. I was just going to say, and uh, a Brit has just yeah, he said, Rick, that's why God gave her so many brains. Well, you know what? I just I can sleep at night knowing that Tim and I were on the same side. That's what, no, I have no vested interest in the chronology of Last Christmas. This guy says, Last Christmas is by Wham, released in 84, and it was uh, number two to Do They Know It's Christmas, uh, says Mark the Brit. I knew we were right all along. I'm just we're saying. Totally right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the history of the world. Back at 4, 5, 6, and 7, top of the hour, all the way through Lycus. Uh, just a moment, uh, speaking of all things British, we'll talk to Wallace, who is at the Zeppelin Show in London. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from our sister station, Rock 101, KUFO, where they bring the rock. Uh, every night, 7 to midnight, uh, Gordon Fatboy. Why, hello. Hello. Hi, Hi. how are you? Good, how are you doing? Uh, what are you doing next Friday, the 21st? Uh, the 21st. Are you going to be here? Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're on vacation, but yeah, well, I'll be in Portland. Uh, yeah, same here. All right, and uh, we might uh, ask uh, for one or both of you to participate in a little. Uh, we're doing a little holiday extravaganza. Oh, might need your. Uh, oh, is this the? Might need your assistance. The, the thing you're doing. Thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, we're doing a radio play. It's right. Not, yeah, not a big secret. Okay. Okay. We haven't revealed the name. Right. Um, I'll reveal the name to you. Just to do, so I can frustrate everyone in the audience. Oh, okay, cool. Oh. But it isn't. I don't know why. What your thing is with the name? Like it's not. Okay, well, here's my thing with the name, and then we'll talk about why you're here, and then we'll talk to the Zeppelin guy. Uh, My thing with the name is, you know, I just have this, you know, preserving the air of mystery, and even though it is um, an original, in other words, the script is, we just finished it last night, the script is original, uh, you know, uh, but my thing is the title tips a little bit about the plot. The title tips the plot just Mm. a little bit. So do we want people to go in I'll show it to them and see if they Have I told you the title? No, you haven't. All right, hold on. I asked yesterday, and you, and you did the same hemming and hawing type deal that you just did. Now, I, I so. don't, I, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, he's very—he's hes an artist, and he's sensitive about his death. <laughs> yeah, well, once you, you know. see the the title, I don't know. See if you're as confused as I was. Okay. Okay. Oh Jesus! Uh, <laughs> okay. See, uh, yeah, no, see no, no, don't give, give that away. Yeah. Don't give that away. Well, you didn't put. Did you put both of the things in yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I changed just, it. He I've... just told me the first thing. No, we've, we've okay. augmented it. He was saying that, okay. that the latter. Was the yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. No, no, yeah. Don't, don't. No, tell yeah, me don't, you bust that out on the twenty-first. Yeah. All right. Okay. You, so there you go. No, we. Joni decided that it had to be the whole thing. So yeah. All right. So there you go. Okay. So I'm sorry. What did Tim say? That's why God gave her so many brains. Yeah. Just be. You don't want to wade into that quicksand. <laughs> I know. I don't even know her, and I'm, no. just, I'm just throwing uh, back you, out. No, I, so at the risk of just being a colossal dick, so we're not we're not going to give away the title. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, the Office tonight. Yes, the UK Office at the Mission Theater, uh, 100% free to all who come, and it's uh, 10 o'clock, and that's on uh, what 14th and uh, Gleason. So yeah. show up. We're showing episodes uh, what uh, seven, eight, and nine. Seven, we're starting nine. season when two tonight. When is the Christmas special? The Christmas special is the day after Christmas. Twenty sixth. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Fantastic. Yes. And uh, ten o'clock tonight at the Mission Theater. That's right, and it's absolutely free. And uh, next week, uh, you know who uh, Vincent Gallo is, right? Yeah, I do. Uh, he is, he has a band, uh, and he will be performing there. You know, right before our showings of The Office. Yes. Really? Yes. He's got the guitarist from Hole, uh, and I don't I don't know what the stuff sounds like, but it. He's going to be performing at Excellent. the Mission Theater. So Fantastic. And then this Friday, we'll talk about this again on Friday, but Friday? Yes, Gremlins. 
Fantastic. I am mm. so there. I mean, I have to fly out at PDX at like 5 a.m. the next day, but I'm still going to be there. Nice. So, Good man. Yeah, my wife, who doesn't go to any of these, is going to be there as oh, well. It's badass. Yeah. It's, I haven't seen Gremlins in probably, Jesus, 14 years? I'm pretty years? sure it hasn't been on the big screen so here I don't know if it holds up. Yeah. Since, no, it, it, hold, it holds up pretty well. I was scanning through to get clips and such and you know, doing some research on the flick because... For a while there, Film Fever Radio was going to do Gremlins as, right. as the yeah. commentary. That got scrapped. So I was just, you know, studying up on the film. It holds up. Excellent. It holds up real well. It's a nice, big, dumb, violent Looney Tunes yeah. cartoon. Yeah. And we're going to be showing that on the big screen. And I love Friday. the idea that it was still at the point in time when Spielberg wasn't afraid to terrify children. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, this is great. Spielberg was still mean. Yeah. <laughs> Actually. And it is what brought about the uh, the PG-13, this and, uh, and, and uh, Temple of Doom. Doom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you guys want to stick around and talk to the Zeppelin guy? Um, sure. I'm sure. I also, I also want to ask you a question real quick. Uh, okay. Well, let's bring on the Zeppelin guy okay. and then you do it. I don't want to be feeling neglected. No uh, Wallace? Yes, sir. Hi there. Sorry about the delay, my friend. When did you get back from London? Are you still there? I got back uh, today. Excellent. Are you, so you're jet lagged and all that. I feel pretty good at the moment. Uh, a little backup. So now, did you, you won like a lottery to buy tickets or did you just flat out win the tickets? No, I won the lottery to buy the tickets now, for I... 125 pounds each. Well, that's not bad. So you should buy a pair? I bought a pair and went with a friend of mine. So that's what, 500 bucks? Not bad at all? Six hundred bucks. Six hundred bucks to see wow. Zeppelin. Uh, so, I mean, I've seen the clips on uh, YouTube and so forth. So, I mean, just you were there. Tell me. Uh, if you could dream of the perfect Zeppelin concert, that was it. Really, there was. Uh, I listened. They've released a lot of live stuff lately. Yeah. Plus, there's a lot of bootlegs out there. So, I know what they sounded like in '68, '73, '77. And it was all there. Uh, the only difference really was they didn't have a lot of uh, cover songs, like blue songs, right. within their songs. Did the was Dazed and Confused like the obligatory 29-minute version, or was it? Uh, it shorter? was not. Dazed and Confused was probably 10 or 12 minutes because again they didn't launch into the medley of old 60s and right. old blue songs. Uh, uh, the I we played Black Dog and then Good Times Bad Times, which I think was their opener. And the Black Dog was just, I mean. You know, Plants lost a little bit of his range, but the, it, he was still good, and the music, it just had real weight to it. I mean, it just sounded like they were actually playing a little slower than normal, which worked because it was heavy. Yeah, by the time Black Dog came, the sound was pretty much uh, perfect. It was a little bit, uh, the guitar was quiet in the opening uh, track, and then when they played Ramble On, they actually played that really slow. Uh, but Black Dog uh, came together, and it was everything you could possibly oh. want. Oh, man. I, uh, we actually talked about this a little bit last night, how um, since since Plant has lost some of his range, you can't hit any of the high stuff anymore. They have, they've had to drop everything down, and it all sounds very grungy. It sounds yeah, very... Yeah, they, they the, made the concession before they even went out. They were like, look, we're all going to have to drop tune this yeah, thing yeah. because Plant can't get up there. The thing is, when they drop tune it, the guitars sound crunchier thick, and yeah. thicker, and because they slow it down, the songs actually sound blue. Year, yes. which is cool because the entire reason Led Zeppelin has a career is because they ripped off every good blues game. It man reminds me of the new Ozzy album, Black Rain, which uh, everything, you know, he's not trying to do the, the million miles an hour and wailing the whole time. It's mm. real. It's like this mud swirling around your feet. It's like mm. this doom metal that just right. sort of you are wading through. Yeah, and if it was a cover band doing uh, Zeppelin songs like yeah. this, people, eh, but because right. it's Zeppelin itself, it sort of makes the music fresher yeah. and a little more new because it's the masters themselves making everything kind of meaner yeah. and crunchier. And that's and that is the wise move, though, that they decided just to, like, fess up to the fact that they're, like, 60 and just yeah. kind of and just wallow in it. Uh, <laughs> and Plant at one point said he'd never sing Stairway to Heaven again. So, uh, dumb question. How did Stairway to Heaven sound? You know, that was one of my uh, least 
favorite songs because it's so played and they uh, they breathe new life into it and I'm a firm believer in Stairway again. Uh, the one that I can't stomach anymore is Cashmere and I yeah. haven't watched the live but that for me is like I got about three minutes in I'm like okay I'm done. Cashmere is a song I also wasn't begging for them to play but it's uh, so complex and weird that it was uh, great to hear live. That's just a, a bizarre song. Did yeah. they do any of that uh, Middle Eastern-y, you know, acoustic-y uh, stuff? Oh, did, yeah, yeah. The stuff they did when it was Page Plant, did they do anything like that? No. This Good. was uh, <laughs> this was straight Zeppelin and uh, all Zeppelin and, and no variation. Uh, and, and so for you, best best song of the night? You may have already said this, I missed it, but what was the best, flat-out, hands-down, best performance of the night? What was the best song? You know, I, I really don't have one. Everything was so good. I mean, Dazed and Confused is one of my favorites, and it was nailed, but then Trample Underfoot mm. was just so big. And, and then stuff they never played before. They played In My Time of Dying? No, they played that all. They played Did that, they play that in the day? Uh, for your... For Your Life was the first, for first your life. time they played that live. Because they played In My Time of Dying and they played Nobody's Fault But Mine, mm-hmm. which is another like sort of un- underheard gem. Right. For Your oh. Life was actually a little bizarre. They kind of lost uh, the overall uh, melody of that song. That's, right. that's another song when you... When you hear it live, you go, "Wow, this is a very weird." song. It's a weird song. Well, it's off a weird album. It's off the weirdest of the albums, probably. Presence. Yeah, I would agree. Actually, it's uh, probably one of the more weird tunes. Well, I would cool. think if they go on tour, that song would really come together. Well, thanks for well, thanks for giving us kind of the scoop. Just one final question: the whole time you were there, I mean, were you were you able to enjoy it, or did you keep stepping out of yourself and going, "I'm seeing Led Zeppelin"? No, uh, I totally enjoyed it, and uh, really. No, I was just shell shocked after the show. It took 24 Excellent. hours for me to piece my thoughts, but during the show, I was uh, there was nothing else but the show going on. Right. Excellent, fantastic. All right, thank you, my friend. Thanks for uh, uh, thanks for and congratulations again on seeing it. Thanks for giving us the heads up. Take care. Thank Led Zeppelin rules. As does Rick Emerson. Thank you, my friend. All right, there you go. Wallace. All right. Um, you had a question, Fat Boy. Yeah, are, are you telling people I'm having animal sex with, with the vending machines here? <laughs> we got a call yesterday from one of your listeners. Yeah. We were talking about something completely not having to do with, you know, anything relations yeah. uh-huh. with, with mechanical implements. Relations? And, no, they just said you were a crazy person. No, that when you do the thing, you climb up on it like Mario. Uh, you stick your feet in the, in like the slot. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I know but, uh, all that, but this guy just called up out of nowhere and goes, Fat boy, you, you monkey hump vending machines. And I was like, what? And I thought it was code. And he goes, Fat Boy, no, you you monkey hump vending machine. Like, Look what, at Rick, and you would you doing? ever picture him saying the phrase Can, monkey hump? Really, I, honestly. That's, that's what I'm, I'm I know that asking. I, I didn't know what you'd been saying. This so guy was asking. very very proud of no, this he's, phrase. He's, yeah. he's, he's sort of, you're getting like a, a Xerox of a Xerox there, because what we said is we compared you to Mario in, Thank in, you. See, in that, uh, that I'm Donkey cool Kong. Because he's, he's Italian. And Climbing he up. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, and, and the fact that you're like hooking your feet in there like, like rampage yeah. style, <laughs> which is just terrifying to watch. But, so. but, but I did it for you. Yeah. You you requested no, no, no. that I, I come I and save you. I appreciate it. I did, Rick Emerson is grateful that you let him wet his beak. I'm just thank saying, you. thank you. I can't watch you do it though. Okay, All it's right. like making sausage. I'll take the results. I don't want to see it done. <laughs> right. You know. All, All right. right. I just wanted to make sure there wasn't like a, a long extended riff or something because no. I, this guy just came out of nowhere and I was like, what? why? Why is he You're agonizing like, me? Uh, it was almost as if he had been prompted to to call. No, no, we wouldn't do that. Oh, we're okay. not that. We're not. No, you know, it's probably the same guy. We're not the playhouse. Us a few times. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Now it's yeah, no, screw that guy. Thank God you were not the playhouse, by the way. No, thank you. We did offer them. You know, I'm going to wait and see if they use that bit. It's a great idea. So, um, 
Okay, there we go. So uh, office tonight, 10 yes. p.m. Uh, Mission Theater. Yep. Uh, three episodes, free admission. Yep. Uh, and then uh, Friday, Gremlins. We'll talk more about that when we get to that day. And then uh, tonight, seven to midnight. Uh, Rock 101, KUFO, Court and Fatboy. Or if you don't uh, have you. time, seven to midnight, go to courtandfatboy.com. Just download the show there. Excellent. Which is what I do. I sit down. If I can't listen, I do download it. I do listen. Thanks. So there you go. Wow. All right, uh, back after this, we'll wrap it all up. We'll get your phone calls. Like us at 3, Donna Mike at 7. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. the saddest part of <laughs> Yeah. What was that? I am a uh, that is part of the broadcasting far. day. The final segment of the Rick Emerson show. I am a professional broadcaster. Jesus Christ. Hi. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Matt, hold on a second. I can take you out of order. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson show. Is this Travis? Yeah. Hey, hey what's, what's up? up? What do you hey, got? I got, a, I, I got a question for you. Okay. Uh, I just want to know what kind of guy you employ. That feels the need to play Dire Straits every chance you can get during the Tom Likas show. Uh, well, that actually isn't on our end. That actually comes. Uh, that actually comes from the network. That is the. Uh, that is the network that sends that down, and that's when the the break is not timed out quite correctly, and they're running a little bit ahead, and they got it because the breaks because that station or because rather that show plays on stations all across the country, the breaks have to be a standard length, and so if they are running a little bit ahead. They have to fill with music to keep the break the same length. Otherwise, automated stations, we have somebody in here running the show, but automated stations otherwise would come back early, there'd be dead air, and then chaos. So that is actually from the network to time out the break correctly, yes. Yeah, but... Geez, I'd just rather listen to Dead Air than the same Dire Straits song, but... Well, I uh, I apologize, sir. Yeah, that is... I mean, it's on our station, but that is actually coming you from the You can probably just write to Lycus directly from his website and say, like, hey, change your, you know, your music. If you do that, try to be try to be courteous, too, because also realize it's not him, either. It's, uh, you know, that's a thing that comes from the network. And it, trust me, having worked with networks like that and on networks like that, sometimes the technical things can be a little bit of a, uh, little bit of a challenge. All right. Well, you gave my respect a little bit more knowing that it's not actually yeah, not you guys find it. Not us, right. sir. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Bye now. All right. And quickly, uh, final call of the day. Hi, Matt. What's up? I just, uh, you were talking about choking the other day. Yeah. The and we day. used to do that when we were kids. We uh, would hyperventilate and slam on each other's chest until we passed out just for fun. <laughs> I'm the guy that fell through the plate glass window, what a too. smart child you were. Have you and considered the fact that, off. have you th- thought about the fact that maybe God is just trying to kill you? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Uh, uh, yes. Did you guys get the? I sent you a link for uh, Paul Simon, Steve Martin, Silver Bells Christmas song. Uh, I don't think so, but let me. No. I will look. I'll look for it though. Look for it if you can't find it. Look it up. It's the best Christmas song ever. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. All righty. All right. There you go. Final call. There you go. No time to be fair to another caller. Uh, we want to thank CNN radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, and uh, Rachel McGrath, also Court and Fatboy, and Mr. Skin. Uh, let's see. Uh, coming tomorrow, Storm Large will be on the show with us, and uh, the many other exciting things. And uh, we'll get prepared for Ask Day. Yes, which is Friday at 6 p.m. Rick Emerson Show, produced today and every day by the lovely and talented uh, Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970 Solid State Radio. In the newsroom, it's Tim Riley on the phones, Richie Bristol. Dave Zinn is the gatekeeper, uh, webmistress and podcasting, Bridget from upstairs, and, of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Reynolds. Uh, like us next, Don and Mike at 7. We'll see you tomorrow at 11, immediately preceded by Dennis Miller. Uh, until then, my friends, thank you for listening. Don't let the bastards grind you down. Watch out for snakes, all that stuff. Uh, see you all tomorrow. Bye now.